take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. The day after Thanksgiving, we're here live. We'll be here live tomorrow night. And, uh, of course, we'll always you can always call in and, and bring up whatever you want. Uh, last night, we focused a little bit on the TSA and National Opt-Out Day and then talked about the real meaning of Thanksgiving, but we didn't get a chance to really dig into uh, that particular issue. Normally on Thanksgiving Day on this program, we read the uh, the, the so-called real story of Thanksgiving, and it's it's uh, it's usually at Mises.org or LouRockwell.com, one of the liberty-oriented websites. Uh, they, they usually publish it on a yearly basis. Yeah, this story, we've been doing it for, for years, uh, and uh, I think recently Rush Limbaugh and... Uh, and- what John Stossel is that his name? John Stossel have uh, done things on it, but uh, you know we've been doing it here for a long time. And so we uh, read a version of it last night. And uh, just to summarize for those of you, if you weren't tuned in, perhaps you're a radio listener and you couldn't get the live show last night. Unfortunately, uh, the essentially the message is that originally the Jamestown colonists uh, they died. A and lot of them. Bay Collins, yeah, yeah, a lot of the people that moved here uh, died because of famine and, and very difficult conditions. But the famine wasn't a result of a tough growing uh, season necessarily. It was a result of their economic model of orient, uh, you know, op- or orientation, um, organization. Organization. Oh yeah, was uh, because apparently they owned everything in collective. Uh, that uh, essentially whatever it was that the people in the colony produced had to be turned into some sort of central supply house. And then they would decide who would get what. And, of course, everybody got an equivalent amount of whatever the harvest was and resulted in a lot of problems. It resulted in the typical problems that uh, communism creates, and that is that people don't want to work if they don't if they're not rewarded for uh, for their work and if they're not rewarded commensurate uh, with the amount of work that they've put in. If the people that are claiming they are having a tough time, you know, if they're sick or they've got a bad leg or their ankle hurts or whatever reason they can't work uh, and you know that they're BSing. Like it's one thing if somebody actually is hurt. It's another thing if somebody is just making some crap up so they don't have to work, but they still get to eat. And it turned out that there was a lot of that. There was a lot of theft that was going on a lot of uh, shirking of duties people just you know not going to work why why go to work when you can eat regardless of whether or not you show up well presuming there's enough food to feed you which Plus, turned out there wasn't when you or, do go- or why work as hard right yes when How you many do people are going to do their full effort go ahead <laughs> <laughs> when you do go to work you uh, you have to do all the work for the people that are, are shirking off which just says you know do you want to shirk or do you want to work yeah, exactly. And then so at some point they figured out that this was a bad system and they – a bunch of people died first. And then they figured out this was a bad system and that, all right, well, let's give each of these people their own plot of land. Let them determine what to grow, how much of it to grow, when to harvest, all of that. Let, let them control uh, their own plot of land. And then all of a sudden the new incentive they were given because they then owned the output of their efforts – that allowed them to make their own choices and that gave them the incentive to to do better, to put more time in, to invest more effort into what it was they were doing, to work smarter, not harder, and all of those things. 
to uh, to essentially result what it resulted in was a bumper crop they had more than they needed so the difference was under the communal ownerships uh, situation there was a, a famine and then under the individual ownership of property situation it was plenty and I remember at least in one of the times that we've read the articles I think more than once that uh, that thanks the Thanksgiving feast it was called not so much a celebration of a good harvest but in fact the last meal of dying men. Mm. Uh, do you remember that quote? That that line? Vaguely. Yeah, I uh, think that that was uh, what one of the Thanksgivings was. Uh, you know, that's what what the claim was behind Thanksgiving on the article that we read. But the claim is from the New York Times that that story is bunk. Yes. And that's what we didn't get to dig into last night, Mark, was what the uh, folks over the New York Times had to say about it. Yep. Uh, the title of it uh, from New York Times uh, Week in Review: The Pilgrims were socialists. This is by Kate Zernike Zernecki. I don't know. Ah, Thanksgiving. A celebration regardless of creed. A time for all Americans to come together after a divisive election year. But why take a holiday from argument? In these uh, factious times, even the meaning of Thanksgiving is subject to political debate. Forget what you learned about the first Thanksgiving being a celebration of a bountiful harvest or an expression of gratitude to the Indians who helped the pilgrims through those harsh first months in an unfamiliar land. Uh, by the way, in the Jamestown colonies, some, sometimes things were going so poorly for their, uh, you know, this this whole arrangement they had that, uh, in fact, they the some of the settlers sold themselves to the Indians as slaves in order to get fed. Hmm. Yeah, that's how bad things were. So anyway, that's uh, there's there's the Indian thing. I suppose that's better than getting eaten by the other settlers, which apparently also that was happening too. Yes. In the Tea Party view of the holiday, the first settlers were actually early socialists. They realized the error of their collectivist ways and embraced capitalism, including a bumper year upon producing, excuse me, a bumper year upon which they decided that it was the only only right to celebrate the glory of the free market and private property. Now, they get really in this article, she's going to get really specific on, uh, you know, what is socialism and what isn't. So I guess, you you know, be, be advised, I guess, is what I'm. I'm saying historians quibble uh, with this interpretation, but the story related by libertarians and conservatives for years has taken on a new life over the last year among the Tea Party audiences who revere early American history and hunger for any argument against what they believe is the big government takeover of the United States. It has made Thanksgiving another proxy in the debate over health care, entitlement spending, and placed it alongside the New Deal and the Constitution on the platter of historical items picked apart by competitive narratives. There are other debates about Thanksgiving, whether the first was in Jamestown, Virginia, or Plymouth, Mass., whether it was intended in, as a religious holiday or not. But broadly, the, vision, the version passed on to generations of American schoolchildren holds that the settlers who arrived in the New World on the Mayflower in 1620 were celebrating the next year's good harvest, the next year's, I guess, 1621, good harvest, sharing in the bounty with Squanto and other Indian friends who had taught them how to hunt and farm on the new terrain. All very kumbaya, say Tea Party historians, but missing the economics lesson within. In one common telling, the pilgrims who came to Plymouth established a communal system where they all had to pool whatever they hunted or grew in their lands because they would not reap the fruits of their labors. No one had any incentive because they could not reap the fruits of the labors. Nobody had any incentive to work, and the system failed. Confusion, thievery, and famine ensued. Finally, the governor of the colony, William Bradford, abolished the system and gave each household a parcel of land with private property to call their own the pilgrims were suddenly very industrious and found themselves with more corn than they knew what to do with mm. 
So they invited the Indians over to celebrate. In some other versions, the first Thanksgiving was not a feast, but a brief respite from famine. The moral was always the same. Socialism doesn't work. The same commune uh, to capitalism, famine to feast story is told of Jamestown, the first English settlement, in 1607, which is, uh, what, 13 years earlier. Dick Armey, the uh, former House Majority Leader and the Texas congressman who has uh, become a chief— I wouldn't call it uh, socialism to capitalism as much as it would be communal ownership to individual ownership. Yeah, they get this is this is one of the things that all that the the parties love to do. Um, you know, the, any anybody who loves to do with these these terms is they'll twist them quickly during the argument to derail the point. You know, so if well, that's not socialism, mm. and you it's know, not the, capitalism the, either. Ding, you know, the whole your whole yeah. argument's over if you use the term socialism. They say, oh, that's not socialism, and no, it's see, not. socialism just hasn't been done right yet. Well, uh, you can <laughs> say that socialism is state ownership of the means of production. You could say that, right? That's my understanding of it. Well, that, that's what you choose to understand it is. The uh, Fabian socialists considered all government to be socialist because isn't government owner – I mean, doesn't the government own the, the means of production now? Under any situation, if the government took $1 in taxes from every property – from for every acre of land a property owner owned, wouldn't they then own the means of production because they were able to extract that $1? Well, I I made that point before. Remember the whole like, what percentage of a slave are you? Yes. When they can, when you know at any time they can just start taxing you more, then you know you're a hundred percent a slave. It's not you know. Well, uh, so. the Fabian socialists actually beat you to it um, in yeah. the early 1900s. But they, you know, this this is the point. Like you understand it, and uh, Ian, uh, do you understand what we're saying? Yeah, I see where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the the splitting hairs. As far as I'm concerned, all yeah. government is socialism. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. But isn't it also fascism, uh, monopolism? What's that? What about fascism, though? I understand that there's differences inside the socialist paradigm. You're saying fascism is a it's parent, the part National of it. Socialist Party. Yeah. More coming up. You can take control. Bring up whatever you want. Free talk lot. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all around protection. The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. Thanksgiving weekend here. Uh, We're here to take your phone calls, as always, about whatever's on your mind. We're talking about uh, Thanksgiving, the holiday, and what it supposedly the real story was. The New York Times, however, has a different opinion, and uh, we'll share more of that with you here in moments. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. Also, speaking of freetalklive.com, there's a lot of stuff there, and we give it all to you for free. So enjoy the archives of the show there, the wiki, the Shrine of Female listeners, all of it there. We give it, uh, give it to you on the house, and uh, freetalklive.com is where you can go to do that. We'll come back to the New York Times here in just a moment. Let's first talk to Kenneth in Colorado. Kenneth, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, Kenneth. What's um, on your mind tonight? 
Well, first, I want to continue with this uh, what we're thankful for thing, because I just wanted to say I'm thankful for the Declaration of Independence, not necessarily any of the rest of us, but I'm glad it hasn't been disappeared in any way so far. I think they've made so much propaganda of it in government schools that it's kind of hard to make it go away now. And it's kind of a sore thumb in the eye of government now, I think. You know, it's kind of like poking the eye of government every time you bring it up. And I think that's kind of uh, entertaining, actually. Um, it gives it validity because of its, uh, its, its prominence in the establishment of the nation. Right. And I'm also uh, very thankful for people willing to do activism and civil disobedience, because if it were just you and I, that's not going to get it done. And uh, I thank every every single one of the people that are willing to put their necks on the line for doing something uh, even just a little bit unconventional. Yeah, I I have to agree with that. Um, Certainly, even if we're just talking about you know, not putting their whole neck on the line, but just taking a small risk. If a bunch of people take a little bit of risk, then it distributes the risk and it can make a big difference. Uh, I, I hope that we'll see more people decide to non-cooperate with the government in the future. And hopefully we'll see those people move together to New Hampshire where their non-cooperation and civil disobedience can become even more uh, even more powerful as a result of, the, of being in combination with one another. Right. Well, I wanted to give you my uh, personal... Uh experience with what's being coined the opt-out reach. Yeah. And uh, uh, I had a kind of a uh, possibly a little bit of a unique experience because of how it unfolded for me. I spent the day before uh, printing out a whole bunch of brochures and folding them and getting ready to have them, you know, uh, available to me the next day. And then I went there with a backpack full of brochures. And the night before, I uh, went looking for a meetup group so that I'd you know, try to get a hold of somebody that was going to be there. And now where are you? You're in Colorado, so what's your yeah? Part? Yeah, I should have said that. This is in Denver okay. at DIA, and um, so I checked with them. And unfortunately, it was a little too late. But I did. Um, there was somebody that had checked in the morning, so they knew of me. And uh, so I arrived there. It turns out it was the Campaign for Liberty people mostly that were there. And um, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, they had uh, pulled a permit for uh, for putting out brochures, and uh, they got a total of four permits with names on them so that they couldn't even be exchanged when people, you know, as they do, they come and go. So if you weren't the permitted, if you weren't the permitted name, then it was illegal for you to be there. Is that the idea? Right. And out of respect for them, because I didn't want them to be in a bind, I decided to uh, give them the literature that I'd printed. And um, I took a sign that uh, one of them had printed, which was in the Fed, or not in the Fed, in the TSA. And uh, I wouldn't have, I probably would have used a sign that said, oh, please opt out or something like that. But anyway, I pinned that, and I then had the liberty, I because I wasn't part of it. I told them, hey, you know what? I'm not going to hand out literature. I don't want, to, want you to get any guff for it. But as far as we're all concerned, I'm not associated with you. So I'm going to be walking around in the areas where you're not quarantined to be. And, or That came out wrong, mm-hmm. but I think you sure. know what I mean. To which you are uh, quarantined. Yeah. I'm not quarantined because I'm not handing out literature. I'm practicing pure First Amendment, so um, I. Uh, the only thing is that they had the, uh, you know, okay. the security guy. They had him there, and I told him, uh, 
um, hey, look, you know, I'm not going to impede any traffic, but my mouth won't be closed. I have to say, though, like, how is handing out literature not pure First it's Amendment? absolutely First Amendment. <laughs> well, but they, I know what you mean. I mean, clearly. Yeah, you know. they view it as as a sort of a uh, a disturbance that, you know, this stuff gets thrown around. And, and uh, when you're handing stuff out to people, they pause. And, of course, they quarantine the people. They put them in an area that was very safely far away from the security yeah, sure they did. That's what happens when you ask permission right. to do something. They all so You see, what that. happened is I didn't ask permission, so you. I circled the entire building and made sure to come within feet of the, of the security area all the way around. <laughs> and, of course, the, the mes- because of the way it worked out, I happened to be the people, I happened to be the person that the media saw and the, I mean, mm-hmm. it was obvious to the media, and I happened to be the people that the, the person that the TSA saw. So I probably had a very different experience from most people. First of all, um, uh, I'd say that uh, uh, the airport was very empty. Uh, really? And this is DIA, and Those I used all, to be that's a weekly. All we've been hearing about. Yeah, I haven't heard anything yeah. but that. I used to be a weekly traveler. I know busy, and I know busy at DIA, mm. and it wasn't busy. Mm. Okay. Uh, now I don't know whether it has to do with opt out, whether it has to do with uh, uh, travelers' knows. fear that that they were gonna never gonna get on their plane or whatever. It's all speculation. Yeah. So uh, I have no idea. But all I'm gonna but, say but, is, well, it doesn't make sense that, that the travelers they, would be would be afraid because most people can't cancel a ticket uh, right. without having serious penalties. And so the protests or the uh, the outreach events were not scheduled until literally just before Thanksgiving, uh, and so therefore those people would not have had enough time to to really make the. I, I can't imagine this. Hardly any air traveler saying to themselves, "Well, let's just cancel the trip and drive, and you know, throw away seven hundred dollars or however much money they spent on uh, on airline tickets." Yeah, I don't know what the end. I don't know what the answer is, right. but anybody who creates the impression that it was business as usual and everything was running briskly is on par with a lie. Well, okay. it was brisk, but it wasn't business as usual, right? Well, it I mean, wasn't it was, brisk. It was, I mean, there, there, there was nobody there. Right. That's why it was brisk, because uh, you could <laughs> yeah, walk right there, through. There would have to be movement for it to be brisk. I see what you're saying. So, <laughs> you know, I you mean, want to share about your experience? Um, yeah, yeah, I do have notes. I, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't leave anything out, and I'm about a third of the way down, um, and I'll try to get through them, you know, promptly. Um, two scanners. Uh, they had two scanners in each of three security areas, and I'd say they were used like 10 to 20% of the time. And there were media that were filming the whole operation, and I believe it was all public. I don't think there was anything held private there. Um, and so uh, from that standpoint, I'd say they did a pretty good job in Denver of being open and straightforward with what they were doing. Uh, however, I think they were getting really good use out of the scanners in Denver. Um, there were lots of media. The media seemed supportive of me and my message, and my message wasn't the same message that these other guys were putting out either. My message was, first, I'd like you to opt out, and second of all, I'd like you to uh, make sure that if they grope you, they're going to grope you publicly, not in a back room, which wasn't an issue at DIA because that's what they were doing. We've got a detailed uh, report here. Ken, if you can hang on, we can get to some of the other uh, observations as to what happened during National Opt-Out Day. I uh, actually haven't gotten too many reports. We've heard about what happened in Philly. Uh, we've heard about what happened at LAX. LAX, Philly, both dead. Manchester, dead. Uh, More coming up. Free talk. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. 
HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Talk live, and you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll free. Take control of the airwaves at 800 259 9231, the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, we've been talking about the TSA. We'll get back to Thanksgiving here, the the so-called real story behind the Thanksgiving and what the New York Times is trying to uh, – they're, they're trying to debunk it, uh, and we will return to that here. But we're actually collecting some experiences from our listeners uh, as far as what it was like in the airports around the country on National Opt-Out Day, the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, and we'll continue with that here in a moment, 800-259-9231. Don't forget, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find the Shrine of Female listeners there with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us either a validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of this program. You can see what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com. You know, we uh, went over to a friend's house uh, the other, uh, I guess, yesterday for Thanksgiving, and uh, Jack wanted to take some of his books and toys to be able to play with. And one of the books that he chose to take was An Island Called Liberty. It is a book that I read to to him all the time. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page could make it one of any child's favorites. You go to freemarketunderdog.com, see some samples there, and order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL. An island called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. All right, so 800-259-9231 is the number here. Uh, we're back with Kenneth in Colorado, who actually made notes uh, regarding his experience at, uh, at Denver International Airport. Unfortunately, it turned out some of the other activists that were there, the Campaign for Liberty people, they uh, they must be new to the, the activism thing because they went and they, they pulled a permit before uh, showing up. Actually, they pulled four permits, which, of course, is the worst thing you can possibly do because it completely subjects you to whatever arbitrary rules they want to come up with to uh, to put upon you. So you're essentially asking them for permission to, as you pointed out, Ken, do, uh, do First Amendment stuff for freedom of speech, to hand out information to people, to hold signs. And they were relegated to some, uh, you know, low traffic area of the airport, and basically restricted heavily as to what they could do. And you decided, well, I don't want to be with these guys. I'm just gonna, you know, I didn't pull a permit. I, I'm not associated with them. I'm here on my own. And you uh, walked around and went to different places and, and held a sign, and you were recounting your experience. So do continue. Right. So uh, there were about a dozen of them throughout the day, coming and going, and. Uh they were pretty much relegated to their special area, and uh, I uh, uh, made it a point of pretty much being visible because I think that's what the permitting process was designed to avoid. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went around, and naturally I got some pretty interesting responses. I'd say that there were a lot of media there. There were a tremendous amount of media coming and going throughout the day, and uh, most of them were interested in interviewing me. 
And I felt a little embarrassed because the, the sign that I had, you know, jury-rigged to my chest, you know, I hadn't even planned to do it that way and everything. So it was, it was really pretty clumsy. But uh, uh, one of the really interesting thing, things was that uh, uh, the Denver Post and the NPR in specific, and there were a couple others, uh, they didn't want to interview me unless I gave them my real name and they were to publish it. And I told them, you know, my philosophy is that the bureaucrats are lazy, and if uh, I don't give you, or if, if you don't publish my name, they won't do the work necessary to figure out who I am. But if I give you my name, and they got my picture, and they got my story, and they want to harass me, they're just going to put me on some list and all that stuff. So I'd rather just make them do the extra work. Well, I mean, if it's any uh, consolation, I've never been put on a list that I know of. I mean, it's sure. like a no-fly list, and I'm certainly Well, like I said, visible. I'm sure I'll make the lists. I just want them to have to work for well, you it. You can always make up a name. I mean, I've never <laughs> right. had a— Oh, no, uh, that's what I told him. I told him you can call me Kenneth. That's not my name, but uh, yeah, but you can make up a last name too if you want to. I mean, if they sure. want to get a first and last name, you just give it, give them something. Uh, right. They just want to have something to put on the photo caption or on the uh, the you know the bottom third if they're sure. doing a, a television report. And they don't check. They've never asked anybody to show an ID. They just want us to have something. Well, I figure if I'm telling the news people, I have a responsibility to tell them if it's my real name or not. And so yeah, that's not really. But anyway, go ahead. Um, uh, so there were lots of media, and they actually seemed supportive with that caveat and uh the screening like i said was all public and the media were filming it i mean there were people that that had the cameras trained on the process for hours and hours so uh i think there was uh some real openness here that I didn't hear about in the other airports, and they were definitely using those scanners. Um, well, the only objection they had in Manchester, uh, Sam was filming from above as well, and you could see the television screens or the computer monitors that had the X-ray I guess, displays on them, and they didn't like that very much. Uh, they didn't want him filming the X-ray displays, but otherwise they didn't have any problems uh, with him filming any of the rest of the security. That was another interesting aspect, is that the X-ray display didn't seem to be public. Hmm. Couldn't find it. Yeah, now, they different. had the regular stuff, you know, the baggage displays you could see. Oh, no, that's what I'm sorry. That, yeah. That's what I meant, the X-rays of the baggage, yeah. That... Oh, yeah, no, this, but you couldn't see the backscatter. Correct, you could not see, uh, cannot see that. Screens. Um, interestingly enough, one videographer asked me for permission to follow me around, and he followed me around for about 15 minutes, and so I'm guessing he's actually going to have, uh, something kind of interesting in his, uh, his work. Well, normally they publish that night, so if it's probably up on those websites, uh, if you right. haven't looked for them yet, whatever the, the news agencies are there in Denver, you could probably go to their sites and look for their reports from a couple days ago, you might find yourself there. But, uh, anything else you want to point out, Ken? Yeah, um, the TSA people were actually mixed. Um, the, the first, uh, the first uh, reaction I got or the first engagement I got from any TSA people was a pair of them that happened to be walking by me, and one of them in a raised voice uh, said, uh, said a word that begins with a male member and ends in head. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, co uh, the cops were pretty much unfriendly. However, some of the TSA people were friendly, and I made a point of telling them, and this is one of the things about my message I wanted to point out. My message was, hey, you know, this didn't just happen suddenly. Somebody forgot about the Fourth Amendment about, deliberately or otherwise, about six or eight years ago. And uh, uh, what I would like to see is for the whole job, that's the reason why it, 
the, the sign that actually managed to put on my, on my body uh, made some sense because I would rather see the job taken away from the feds and given back to the airlines or whoever yeah. they contract it to. Absolutely right. Hey, Ken, thanks right. for the call tonight. I appreciate sure. uh, hearing from you the uh, the thoughts and the observations from the other day. And I'm glad you went out there. Uh, glad to anybody who went out and, uh, and uh, you know attended these airport events, especially if you didn't beg for a permit like some of these other groups did. I don't know is, how you can call it a, a shame. real protest if you're begging for a permit. No, well, it's, you know, it's a joke. If you're asking for permission to protest, then what are you really... It's not even. I didn't consider it a protest. It was an outreach event for me, and uh, and I, I'm not. Uh, I'm I not going to ask for permission. I agree. I think we should have probably. Um, you know, I think we probably should have mentioned that beforehand. So you who's know, we? What you, me, anybody else who was on the show? Hey, when you go out and do these uh, outreaches or protests or uh, dancing bonanzas or whatever you want to call sure them, pretty sure we did talk about that in advance. Don't get the the permit. I'm pretty sure we addressed I, I don't that feel in like advance. We did, but we, maybe but, we're, right. but the people that are putting these together aren't necessarily listening to Free Talk Live. Mark, they, how do you I mean, know? Well, I mean, the Campaign for Liberty guys said not necessarily listening. To yeah, the, the Liberty movement's fairly large, Mark, and not everybody listens to uh, to Free Talk Just Live. I would think that the people who are listening to Free Talk Live would have heard that message before, and I, I believe we did address it before this particular event, anyway. Uh, but the the We Won't Fly guys were actually advocating people getting permits. So they were the ones that were really kind of the go-to folks that Did people were looking permits? to. Yeah, that people were looking toward because they were worried. Uh, I had a discussion with George Donnelly from WeWon'tFly.com about this, brief discussion. He was worried that uh, essentially that the new people would be afraid to come if they if they thought there was not a permit. Right, because people have been trained to believe that they need to ask permission in order to do uh, to exercise their supposed rights. Which, of course, if you do that, you're actually not exercising a right. You're engaging in a privilege that yeah. has been granted you're to you permission. by your master. Uh, so I, I hope that maybe they'll change their mind on that in the future because we had a great time in Manchester and we had no problems with no permits. And uh, they didn't want us inside handing things out. They tried handing this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Whatever you want, dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we have there completely free. Uh, so head over there again, freetalklive.com. Hey, you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live? Well, it's Black Friday as we speak. Uh, shoppers got up bright and early this morning to pack the malls and pack the department stores uh, the best buys of the world and, uh, you know, literally stampede over one another. There's some video footage that was posted of people. Just get some good stuff. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's horrible. Uh, people. This is professional wrestling to you, man. And we're getting I've got a, uh, some information about where the term came from because I was curious Friday? about that. Yeah, yeah. And it, I think I know what it is. Uh, we might be able to get into that in a little bit. Uh, but people just squeezing through a door and crushing one another just so they can get the you know the DVD or the Blu-ray player at uh, sixty nine ninety nine instead of seventy nine ninety nine. 
And that's what they do in the mornings. And hopefully you avoided it because it can be a, a bit of a nightmare. And it's in many places very cold while you're waiting to get into those stores. <laughs> Why not just uh, sit in your home or in your office and visit Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get your shopping done. Get some great online deals. Get the products delivered to your door. You don't have to deal with the parking lots and the hassles and the, the angry people. Uh, in the conflict, you don't have to deal with that. You just stay home and you get the shopping done. You get the stuff you want and the stuff you need, too. And as a bonus, Free Talk Live gets a cut of the sale. So it's the same great Amazon prices. You're just entering through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and then they cut us off uh, a portion of the sale. Plus, uh, also, Newegg had some Black Friday deals today. I think some of them are still in stock, but they've been ravaged. Uh, a lot of their a lot of their deals are already sold out, obviously, by this point of the day. But Newegg is a great uh, vendor for online online purchases like computer they're still, parts they're still going to have deals throughout the uh, christmas season oh, of course they are of course they are uh you know they've got uh, computer parts a huge selection of computer parts as well as uh consumer electronics like blu-ray players and that sort of thing T- televisions flat screens uh you can get that stuff and if you go through newegg.freetalklive.com then the civil disobedience evolution fund will get a portion of that purchase as well so two different ways to shop get the stuff you're looking for for the your loved ones uh, this holiday season and help free talk live in the civil disobedience evolution fund on Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, barter, currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources, who uh, owns Genesis Communications Network, our syndicate, and uh, to bring you some really great rates on some uh, special hand-picked gold and silver pieces. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. See the ones that I've picked out for you with the intent of getting gold and silver in your hands. Um, and, uh, you know, take a look. There's some really great deals there. I know that the Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, my understanding, you just can't get that round any cheaper than we, we've got it at uh, gold.freetalklive.com. Also, they have a layaway plan for those of you who want to get a certain amount but just have trouble putting that kind of money aside. They have a layaway plan. You can just call the telephone number that's there at gold.freetalklive.com. Tell them you want to do the layaway plan. Be sure to mention Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so we continue here with your thoughts, and you can bring up anything you want. James is in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, James. James? Hello? Hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, actually, this is Bing. Bing. From, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, yeah. All right, Bing. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, I just want to do uh, tell you guys what I was thankful for. Sure. Uh, first off, uh, my dad was diagnosed with uh, cancer this year, and it seems like he's beating it. Your dad? So, yeah. Oh, that's great. So cool. I, I think uh, I think that that's a very good thing. I'm, I'm glad he's going to be around for a while, because I've still got a lot to learn from him. Definitely. Excellent. And uh, also, my girlfriend was in a pretty bad car wreck today, but it turns Oof. out she's A-OK, so that's good, too. Absolutely. <laughs> it's good to be appreciative. Yeah, things like that will let you know what you're appreciative about. Anything else you want to share Definitely. tonight, Bing? Uh, also, uh, pretty appreciative of uh, you guys, Free Talk Live and the uh, Free State Project, and plan on being there in a year or two. Fantastic. So. We'll look forward to seeing you here, and uh, thanks for calling and sharing that tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Thanks, James. Uh, or Bing, rather. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get James written down and you've seen it written yeah. down and, and, yeah. and said it, it's tough to 
change that. All right, so uh, 800-259-9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We started the hour uh, by talking about the real story of Thanksgiving, or what is purported to be the real story of Thanksgiving, the lesson that uh, essentially that uh, socialism or collectivism uh, does not work, collective ownership of property failed for the, the pilgrims and uh, the early settlers in this uh, in this country, and then they switched to an individual ownership of property, or at least the family uh, would own a, a piece of property, and a given family. And then they got to uh, to you know create whatever they wanted with that. They got to grow what they wanted and sell it and give it away or save it or whatever. And that uh, resulted in a huge crop. It resulted in a, a surplus of food. And so that was what they were giving thanks for. Uh, but the New York Times says that's not true. And Mark, can we pick up where we left off? Yeah, there? sure. I'd uh, you know it's <laughs> she had just finished summarizing the story, as I recall in. Uh, the New York Times piece. Well, th- there'll be there'll be a certain amount of that. She says that uh, that in fact that this that there's been a, several versions of this story told, and uh, the it's it's you know the one for Jamestown, the first English settlement in 1607. Dick Army, the former uh, House Majority Leader and Texas Congressman, who had become the Tea Party's promoter, one of. Party, party promoters related as a cautionary tale in a speech to the National Press Club earlier this year. Rush Limbaugh repeats the Thanksgiving story of Plymouth every year, reading it from his uh, chapter in one of his books entitled Dead White Guys or What Your History Books Never Told You. Some details change. One year he had the pilgrims uh, growing organic vegetables. I imagine the pilgrims grew nothing but organic, organic ve- vegetables. vegetables. Yeah. I mean, how does that story changing? Don't ask me, Mark. Right. I, well, I didn't I, hear it. I, I'm just telling you that uh, that this lady is, uh, you know, that's writing this is suggesting all throughout this, like she's she's throwing anything at the wall. Okay, like once you'll once we get through this article, you will see how the New York Times, the premier newspaper of the world, or at least one of the top five, has nothing really to argue against on this story. All right. Let's all right. Hear it. That's what I'm trying to get across here. The version is also, and like you know, she she makes a derisive comment here about pilgrims growing organic vegetables, and we know flat well all pilgrims uh, grew organic vegetables. So therefore, Rush Limbaugh isn't telling different versions of the story; he's just embellishing in different ways to make an old story new again. The version is also taught in a uh, one-day course called "Making of America," which became popular with the Tea Party groups across the country after Glenn Beck recommended the work of its author. W. Cleon Skousen, who died in 2006, Tea Party blogs have reposted the great Thanksgiving hoax for a website um, from a website celebrating the work of the libertarian economist Ludwig von Mises, a favorite of Ron Paul devotees. The post concludes, thus, the real reason for Thanksgiving deleted from the official story is socialism does not work. The one and only source of abundance is free markets. And we thank God we live in a country where we can have them. True statement. Well, um, well, it's not a free market oh, in this country. I was going to say, yeah, no. But free markets, the, the, the true part is that free markets are what, what create abundance. The sort of source of abundance. Leave aside the question of whether this country is on the march to socialism. Conservatives say yes and blame the Democrats. What does the record <laughs> say? Of course, the conservatives are I, as guilty as the Democrats. I, I, would, extra, I would expound on that and say that, that, that it's, it's, it's actually freedom and peaceful interaction. Well, that's what free markets are. You know, it's the, it's the lack of violence. It's the lack of dis, this destructive force that that allows prosperity. Keep Which, that yeah. in mind because it's going right. to be an important point that you want to make again when right. this goes on. All right. Historians say the settlers in Plymouth and their supporters in England did indeed agree to hold their property in common. 
That part's true. So she's yeah. acknowledging that tr- that truth. Okay. Well, it's it, it's a historical fact. There's nothing she can do. Right. But the don't story worry, was she'll, pulled. she'll try to dig up underneath that moat real quick. The story was pulled from, as I understand it, Governor William Bradford of that particular colony, the Jamestown colony, in his writings. William Bradford, the governor, referred to it in his writings as the common course. But the plan, the plan was in the interest of realizing a profit sooner and was only intended for the short term. Historians say the pilgrims were more like shareholders in an early corporation than subjects of socialism. So um, historians say – she doesn't have a, a, a quote here. Nothing's said other than that. Mm-hmm. How long was it intended to work? We don't know. Um, how, you know. How effective would it be? I think that there are times when holding things in common can be effective. I think you get more people – and holding more things in common, you're going to find things to be less effective. It might have sounded like a good idea, and maybe they were. Maybe that's exactly a true statement that these people were essentially shareholders. In they were small sort of stakeholders common. in a corporation, right. but that doesn't mean. Um, and, and I'm going to uh, Dale. <laughs> this, this is the point that uh, now, if you move a company to a barren piece of land, and that company is held in common by all to some extent, some extent greater or lesser, depending on how many people, shares people have. Who's the government? Uh, everybody there, I guess. Yeah, if they've all, if they've all is... entered into it, and they all entered into it presumably voluntarily to come to that particular place and to organize themselves in so that way. So it's a voluntarily entered into communist Socialism. society? Commun- yeah, a commune. Yeah. And so essentially this is her basically acknowledging that they – No, ag- she's not. She's well. a, she's acknowledging that it's run in a, perhaps in a socialistic fashion, but it's not socialism because they're shareholders in an early corporation rather than a subject of socialism. Because she views socialism as a governmental thing, which I don't blame her for. So, uh, number yeah. hour number two is next. We'll continue with this discussion in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. A passion for service never leaves. I'm Tim Lewis, and after 22 years in the military. I became a mortgage professional, helping my fellow veterans and active duty service members secure VA home loans. Refinancing with a VA loan is a privilege earned through service, and it's my privilege to help you get there. We can help you lower your rate or consolidate debt, even if your current mortgage is not a VA loan. Go to varadio.com to learn more. That's varadio.com. I'm Tim Lewis. Thank you for your service. VARadio.com is a website of iFreedom Direct Corporation, a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com or call 1-800-900-VA-LOAN. VARadio.com. Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231. Throughout the show, we've been discussing the New York Times piece that essentially is an attempt to discredit the supposed real story of Thanksgiving. We're going to continue that discussion here in a moment. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the number. You can also uh, visit us online at freetalklive.com, where you get to control the content of the website. Uh, When you look in the main column of the site... 
the front page of the site, you'll see there are different news items or videos or blog posts that have been put up there. And listeners like you uh, are the ones that are putting those there and then voting on the ones you like or dislike, uh, voting as to whether you like or dislike. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website. So head on over and uh, see what that's about and get interactive at freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here with your phone calls, Todd is on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Hello, Todd. What's up, guys? Todd, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I uh, got a very interesting link from George Donnelly and I think uh, a few other people on Facebook today. Uh, link uh, on a YouTube link to George's channel. Whoopi Goldberg said some very, really ridiculous stuff about uh, WeWon'tFly.com. Um, on his um, on the view, which mm-hmm. was a couple of days ago, apparently she's likened we won't fly dot com as terrorists. Well, Basically, she that said that she should be on a watch is, list, right? Yeah, the watch list, and that they should be on the watch list, which is I think is ridiculous. And what I find particularly um, idiotic is that somehow. Her statement is saying that this is going to cause problems at the, at the airport and whatnot. Um, to me, that's to, to me that's irresponsible, and I think that uh, not only that, um, I, I'm kind of wondering how George and Jim are going to respond to that. Well, I, mean, I saw according to no, you're talking about George Donnelly, Jim Babb from uh, WeWon'tFly.com. I it was my understanding they've been asking people to contact the View and suggest that they actually have one of the the two of them on so they can respond to these uh, accusations because that's the thing they didn't do. They had a, a table full of five uh, five hosts of the show all essentially the screeching a- harpies of the view attacking. Uh, well, you know they were kind of nice to Ron Paul when they had him on a couple of years they ago. They weren't really very nice to him during this clip. No, they cer- certainly were not nice to. Uh, they did mention Ron Paul in a not very nice way. And, uh, yeah, they're essentially calling them crazy and uh, attacking them without giving them the uh, the chance to actually respond. So maybe they will actually have them on the show and they'll actually have the chance to uh, to speak out. Which is what I think they should do. I think they should go um, on The View and basically tell Whoopi, Sherry Shepard, Elizabeth Hasselbeck, Joy Behar, and Barbara Walters that – this is not. We don't advocate terrorism of any kind, and um, and uh, you know, and basically just tell will be off straight up. But Todd, if you don't, if you don't go along with the government, you're you're a terrorist. Yeah, you're that, not, you're an extremist. You're wrong to say that we're terrorists or that we're planning engaging in an act of terrorism when there is no um, evidence of any kind to substantiate that whatsoever. Um, you know, a lot of people opted out. That means if George and Jim are terrorists, then that means everybody who jumped on the bandwagon, including the vast 94% of the American people who chose to drive rather than fly on Thanksgiving Day, pretty much, or a day before Thanksgiving, that is, that means they're all terrorists. 
Well, so, I don't know if they would go. I don't know if they would go that far. I think they were suggesting that by right. gumming up the works of the TSA, that that is a an activity that is uh, terroristic in nature. And I think the best way to go at go at it, um, the, that particular kind of statement, uh, Todd, is you know to, to ask them questions about the founding fathers because this is where nobody wants to go. Is yeah, hey, look, the fact is, if this is terrorism, and I I I, I suppose you could make it a, a statement that it's low level terrorism. No, it's if, not. It's not uh, using it, violence. Too, it's not using violence, but it's uh, you know it's it's gumming things up. Whatever. I suppose you could make the argument, but what were the founding fathers when they threw tea in the uh, uh, the, the the bay? Monkey wrenchers. Yeah, That's the a fact word. is, it's you know <laughs> this is a nation founded upon terrorism. Are you trying to inspire fear in people? I guess would be the question you have to ask if you're trying to determine if something isn't is terrorism. Well, As, that's, uh, you know, that's, right? well, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, the fact of the matter is, uh, the idea that. They're trying to instigate this entire idea that you must submit to the state and its authority the second you opt out of going through the pornotrons or even being pat down. Um, basically, you know, then somehow you somehow some dangerous thought is, well, then you have no problems with terrorists going on board the planes. Well, terrorists can go on the board of planes in a multiple of ways. Well, there's not much logic behind it. I actually had this argument with someone uh, just yesterday talking about TSA and and just pointed out to him that nothing they've done so far has prevented any terrorism, uh, any any attempted acts of terrorism. I mean, they've they've failed drastically at that. And so, uh, again, it just comes down to security theater. It's not actually protecting us from terrorism. It's just them looking busy. Todd, thanks for the thoughts. Appreciate you bringing that up tonight because it was definitely being passed around a lot on Facebook. And I thank you for bringing that up uh, at 800-259-9231. Were I to get on, I wouldn't reference the founding fathers, Mark, maybe as you would. But I would uh, would define what terrorism is and uh, point out how what uh, the folks from WeWon'tFly.com and the people that support them were engaging in was not at all terrorism. It was an outreach slash protest event and that the people that are engaging in terrorism and that is you know I'm, I'm going by memory here for the definition but it is essentially the use of violence uh, to to get people to accept a certain political uh, system or a, you know the, the use of violence to promote a political viewpoint or to promote a political idea and uh, to, to scare people into accepting. And that by its definition is the government. Right. And so, yeah, so I would get on and say it's the government, the TSA, that are the real terrorists. They're the ones that are terrorizing people. They're trying to make people afraid so they will accept uh, whatever the security state is. Or whatever so while the government's controls. out there plastering everybody and people, you know, sycophants for the government are out there plastering people with this term terrorist. In fact, it is the government which is, well, the most successful group of terrorists in any given geographic area. Absolutely. Look at the millions. All that of people. a terrorist is is a person who wishes to be the the new government. That's correct. The body count uh, on the behalf of governments is much higher than in any terrorist organization than in all of the terrorist, the other so-called regular terrorist organizations combined. Uh, governments are the ones that hurt people and scare people and, and terrorize. So uh, the New York Times on the attack here, we've been just kind of piecing this together as we've gone throughout the show here tonight. Uh, the New York Times on the attack against what they're labeling as the Tea Partiers and what they think about Thanksgiving story, which, of course, this has been around a lot longer than the, the Tea Party movement. And the idea that conservatives in any way support the, the free market is, of course, a joke uh, because they are a bunch of protectionists, most of them from what I've seen. But nonetheless, let's see what uh, more of this lady has to say from the New York Times. Well, some Tea Partiers aren't uh, 
just your your average conservatives. Some of them are people that b- believe in more liberty. They need a certain. I think some many a of minority them needed, of them are. What's that? A minority of the Tea Party. I don't know. I haven't. Polls taken have it. shown that about thirty percent are libertarians. No, oh, uh, well, you know why would they claim the term libertarian? Uh, no, I think that they would. Well, I don't know. I don't recall. I'm not going to okay. go out on that limb. Right. Cause but, just because somebody doesn't use the term libertarian, which is a terrible one, um, it, it can, uh, you know, it's 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 an awful term. People, when they hear the term libertarian, yeah. they they construe it in all sorts of different ways. Um, I don't know what the philosophies are. I know that at one point I needed education on the ideas of liberty, and I'm not willing to call you know me a bad person at that time just because I needed some education. Um, yeah, so, I would I would guess that that 30 percent are people that might self-identify as libertarians. Um, but of course, that doesn't mean much, as we've seen. Yeah, it's just guessing. So anyway, um, here she's uh, the, the, this gal who's writing the article here. Let me give her a name one more time, so you can uh, look her up and send her an email. Kate Zernike Zernicki, something like that. Um, she's uh, you know made the the incredibly you know uh, the incredible point that well. It's not socialism because the Pilgrims were, in fact, uh, shareholders in this this company that the the Massachusetts Bay Company. That is where they owned the land collectively in the beginning, and then changed it to an individual ownership uh, paradigm, which is dramatically. By the same claim, you could say that we're shareholders of the federal government, right? right. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Which you know, this is just silly. Um, that you, it can't be socialism. I mean, you could you could design a company company along socialistic uh, standpoints. I'd call this closer to communism. By the way, they did call the guy the governor of the colony. That certainly is a very governmental sounding word to me. Mm. Uh, more coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Spark imaginations and free minds with an enjoyable graphic novel or webcomic from BigHeadPress.com. This holiday season provides a great opportunity to share a vision of freedom and how we'll get there. Inspirational and beautifully illustrated publications from BigHeadPress.com are great tools for sharing the freedom message with thoughtful stories that are extremely entertaining and a pleasure to read. You'll be awed by the illustrations while you cheer for the heroes and boo the villains. Check out BigHeadPress.com and sample their work online before you buy BigHeadPress.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. We're here live all Thanksgiving weekend. Take your calls. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And uh, the three of us here in this studio made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project because we understand that the best solution to achieving liberty in our lifetime, best one I've ever heard at least, is to get liberty-minded people, people that understand what freedom is, that understand that in order to, to be free, you must allow others to be free, that uh, we should be able to live our lives however we want, so long as we don't harm others. People that get that, getting them together in the same place, that's the key. That's the, uh, the key strategy toward uh, achieving liberty in our lifetime. And from that uh, strategy, all kinds of things will happen, as, as we've seen here so far, with a few hundred people already having made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We've seen an incredible uh, explosion in activity that dwarfs anything I've ever done when I used to live down in Florida. Everything from civil disobedience to creating media to getting active in politics, it's all happening here. You can find the kind of activism that is uh, interesting to you. And if you can't find it, then start it. And you'll find that other people were waiting for you to start it, and they'll jump on board and get excited by it and and help you out with it. Uh, Go to freestateproject.org to get signed up. That's freestateproject.org. And don't forget, uh, the Next 1000 Pledge is still going through the end of the year. You can sign up under the Next 1000 Pledge and pledge to be here in New Hampshire by the end of next year. Uh, if you can do that, go to uh, pledgebank.com slash next1000. That's pledgebank, 
pledgebank.com slash next 1000. Now, the New York Times, Mark, is uh, is on the attack about this uh, supposed real story of Thanksgiving, which is uh, the lesson that the pilgrims learned, uh, the, the early settlers of uh, Jamestown, for instance, where they were dying off of starvation and uh, killing one another and it's just a horrible scene because they owned everything communally. They owned everything together, and they had to pour it all into the same pot before it was then doled out to everyone equally. And it uh, turned out that was really bad for people's incentives, and uh, people died as a result of famine. But it wasn't because the crops were bad or the land was bad or anything like that. It was simply because people didn't have the incentives to do things. And so once they were granted ownership of their own property, all of a sudden uh, the, the harvest exploded and they had a surplus. And uh, from that point out, things were much better at the, at the colonies. And the New York Times is saying that's not true. Well, the, what they're doing they're on, in their attack here is the most staggeringly feeble attack that I've uh, ever experienced. I mean, I'm surprised the New York Times has put this in because it's so bad. It's either dis- intellectually dishonest or intellectually lazy. Well, it's I attacking mean, it kind of semantically, isn't it? I mean, basically it's it, saying, well, it's not really socialism right, because well, there's you know, no government. The, the, the Tea Party calls it socialism, I guess, um, is what they're saying. I don't know Tea Party says anything, but um, you know, the p- people in the tea, tea Party are calling it socialism, um, and they're saying, well, it's not socialism because it was a private company that was the only, you know, the, the governor of the private company wasn't actually a governor, even though he was the only law that was in that particular area. So it wasn't socialism, even though the he was the guy in charge of all the stuff that was owned communally. Now, hey, it just hold on, Mark. Sense. If they didn't like it, they could have left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is so that what you need. always hear if you don't like the government? If you don't like it, leave. So well, anyway, her, her her point here is that it isn't uh, socialism. Well, this, and, and that, that would make sense from the perspective of a socialist. I mean, all of the socialists that uh, are really into socialism these days have their own viewpoint as to what socialism should be. Sure. And so she's looking at it and saying, oh, this isn't really socialism. Well, <laughs> she's probably right from her perspective, but it still doesn't negate the facts of, you know, the, that collective ownership is not superior to individual ownership and that's the real moral of the story it's not socialism versus capitalism it's collective uh, mentality versus uh, individual mentality anyway go ahead with the uh, piece um going on here it was directed ultimately to private property said richard pickering a historian of early america yeah that's why they were able to quickly change when the system wasn't working if this was a real government they would have waited until everybody died every Mm. last one of them and they would have said oh that didn't work let's try it again and the, uh, you know, because government doesn't receive the same kind of incentives that in the marketplace that uh, you know that that a company would. So yes, he's right, uh, uh, but it was socialism in sort of a company hierarchical fashion. A historian of early American, uh, deputy director of uh, Plymouth Plantation, a museum devoted to keeping the Pilgrim story alive. The arrangement did not produce uh, famine. The arrangement did not produce famine. If it had, Bradford would not have declared the three days of sport and feasting in 1621 that became known as the first Thanksgiving. The celebration would never have happened if the harvest was going to be less than enough to get them by, Pickering said. They would have uh, saved it and rationed it to uh, rationed it to get by. And I think that this is the best point even though I don't know um, what the cases are, why did half of the people in the uh, Plymouth, uh, the Plymouth pl- uh, plantation there, the, uh, uh, the Massachusetts Bay Company, why did they die? I mean, I assume they died from starvation. I don't know what otherwise. Probably some disease. I Jamestown certainly, um, you know, had some of the same issues, and so the 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 story is true for them. Probably some freezing to death, some disease, things like that. What kind of diseases? Um, 
they well, brought they the diseases. Much sanitary factor yeah, yeah. there, so lots of disease, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah that, they brought the diseases more than uh, they, they t- dealt with them. But anyway, um, well, you asked what people were dying from. I, I think th- I think the answer is starvation. That's a big answer. That's, I don't know. I mean, that was, I believe, the primary. That's what the claim is, and, and he's saying that it didn't happen. Um, the, the well, she's claiming it didn't happen, but he says the celebration would never have happened if the harvest was going to be less than enough to get them by. Um, you know, in the story, it says that it was the feast of uh, dying men. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know uh, what the point is there. How, how, we, none of us were there. There are uh, competing stories that uh, as to what happened, and I can't say. It's irrelevant to the point. If it's true that Bradford and I've read his quotes from his diary. Uh, Bradford realized that there was a problem with their organization and changed it. That's the relevant point of uh, the story as to what year Thanksgiving started. I don't think that matters too much. Well, it wasn't the year. It was why. (laughs) But one man's laziness is another man's industry. Uh, Based on the agricultural methods they've learned, uh, they learned as young people, he said. Excuse me, I I skipped forward here. I want to read one more paragraph. Uh, Competing versions of the story note Bradford's writings about confusion and discontent, accusations of laziness among the colonists. But Pickering said this grumbling had more to do with the fact that the Plymouth colony was bringing together settlers from all over England at a time when most people never moved more than 10 miles from home. Although they traveled a great deal, I don't know what the point he's making here. I've read histories from that time and people were all over the place uh, granted they may not ha- they may have lived in the towns in which they were born but they traveled all over the place and they probably married and things like that they spoke different dialects and had different methods of farming and looked upon each other with great wariness one man's laziness is another man's industry based on the agricultural methods they've learned when they were young he said so this is the uh the, his explanation for the, the he's saying they weren't being lazy they were just being different yes so Bradford, um, yeah, like choosing not to go work because you felt sick. <laughs> I wish I had Bradford's quotes in front of me from that uh, one of the original pieces. I might be able to pull some up. But I remember he was talking about people stealing from one another. I mean, is, yeah. are they going to address that one as well? No, no, they're not. That that was the that's what and that's I, the addressing. Of it I right wonder there. if if it was a communist style system, and it certainly sounded like it, it was. Then maybe someone trying to maybe I wonder if someone trying to take or trying to keep some of their own food that they had grown themselves. If that would be considered stealing, because they didn't contribute it to it the pile like they were supposed to, it would but, certainly be uh, against the rules. You yeah. know, I mean, the the thing that we've got to consider here is, you know, when you're talking about Survivor, you know, the the the, the show, the people trying to win the game are they bad people or are they is a gamesmanship? I mean, once you set up communism, you set up a system that is contrary to people working hard to get, uh, you know, to benefit themselves. Then they're working hard for the group. And that doesn't work. More. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. How did it happen? The uh, the, the colonists and the uh, Jamestown settlement, was it like we said it was, or is the New York Times right? It's free talk live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of 
up the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there totally free. We've got news updates. You get uh, signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com. You can sign up to follow us via email, via our email updates, or you can do Twitter or Facebook. We've got those, too. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for free. Memorydealers.com is the world, has the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. They're your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, memorydealers.com. All right, so we're talking about the New York Times attacking the supposed real story of Thanksgiving, which is based on the writings of William Bradford, who was the governor of the Jamestown Colony uh, back then when people were dying of starvation under their communal property ownership situation. They changed it. They changed it to uh, individual ownership, and then all of a sudden they had a, a, a bounteous harvest, a bounteous harvest. Good enough. And, the, and so, Mark, Lots we, of food. I've got some of the quotes from Bradford here. Yeah. We can share those here in a moment. Uh, where are we at in the, the piece? Well, the times? Um, in the story, I think that there's, uh, you know, there's probably some places for uh, quotes here from Bradford. Uh, Bradford didn't, did get rid of the common course, as he called it, which uh, you know, there wasn't the term communism or socialism out at that time. Mm-hmm. But it was in 1623, after the first Thanksgiving, and not because the system wasn't working. The pilgrims just didn't like it. Um, in the account, in the accounts of they Collins, didn't like it because they were starving. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Pickering said there was griping and groaning. Bachelors didn't want to feed the wives of married men, and women didn't want to do the laundry of the bachelors. The real reason agriculture became more profitable over the years, Mister uh, Pickering said, is that the pilgrims were getting better at farming crops like corn that had been unknown to them in England. So he's just saying that, oh, they just learned how to do it right over the last, next couple of years. It didn't have anything to do with the switching, is what his claim is. You know, that somehow that this, uh, that, that they got it's, better. It's funny, they're, they're, she's, they're, they're almost admitting the point uh, that was made in the, in the original article was that, you know, people didn't want to work because they were working without reward, working for other people without any particular, you know, why should they have to do that work for those other people? And sure enough, she's saying they didn't like it, but she's not acknowledging that that was a disincentive for doing work and that they didn't produce as much. Right. Well, so the, 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 the claim is that the production increased and that they didn't like the system. Not that production increased because the system that they had was bad, but just that they just didn't like it. Mm. So um, It was know, just a coincidence, Mark. Right. Yeah. Yes, but, they hated the old system, but they worked as hard as they would have otherwise, even though they hated it. That's not the reason. not what Bradford says. <laughs> There's no correlation whatsoever. In his quotes, uh, here they are from LewRockwell.com. Actually, they're directly from the Plymouth of Plymouth excuse me, a Plymouth Plantation, which is what, uh, it's a book that Bradford wrote. You can buy that through Amazon, read this for yourself. Okay. And that this is the organization, Plymouth Plantation is the name of the organization that this guy, um, this, the socialist here, um, who's uh, defending the whole system that he's, uh, you know, that he's the head of. Quote, the experience that was had in this common course and condition, so again, that's his term for the communal ownership, tried sundry years and that amongst godly and sober men may well evince the vanity of that conceit of Plato's that the taking away of property and bringing community into a commonwealth would make them happy and flourishing. 
for this community was found to breed much confusion and discontent and retard much employment that would have been to their benefit and comfort. For the young men that were most able and fit for labor and service did repine that they should spend their time and strength to work for other men's wives and children without any recompense. And I had to look up repine uh, to be in uh, discontented or in low spirits to complain or fret. So here he is saying that these guys were pissed. Didn't that, work for him. That they had to go and work for these other people, the uh, you know the women and children who aren't working. Uh, they had to work for them and they weren't being compensated for it. The strong, he says, had no more in division of victuals and clothes that uh, than he was that excuse me had no more in division of victuals and clothes than, than he, he that was weak and not able to do a quarter that the other could. This was thought injustice. So making it very clear that these people uh, were very upset about uh, the the situation upon all being have alike excuse me, all being to have alike and all to do alike, they thought one as good as another, and so did work diminish. Work diminished, he says. Not like the, not like this guy is claiming in the right. New York Times article, oh, they worked just as hard, it's just they got better at farming over the years. That's all. That's the only thing that changed. So, you know, um, the claim here is that the Republicans and the, the Tea Party and the whomever are rewriting history, but... Well, you know, these are the Bradford quotes here. There's more. Uh, the mutual respects that should be preserved among men. Let none object. This is men's corruption. All men have this corruption in them. And then here's another uh, another quote. All this while no supply was heard of, so they began to think how they might raise as much corn as they could and obtain a better crop than they had done, They uh, that they might not still thus languish in misery. At length, the governor, with the advice of the chiefest among them, gave way that they should set corn every man for his own particular, and in that regard trust themselves, and so assign to every family a parcel of land, for that end only for present use. This has had very good success, for it made... All hands very industrious, so as much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been by any means the governor or any other could use, and saved him a great deal of trouble, and gave far better content. The women now went willingly into the field, and took their little ones with them to set corn, which before would allege weakness and inability, whom to have compelled would have been thought great tyranny and oppression." Mm. Do you understand what he said there? Sure. If you would have forced the women to work, it would have been it would have been hell to pay um, among they, the husbands and the wives. And they there, didn't work before. There are basically two kinds of ways to get to motivate people: you, you, the carrot and the stick. And if you're not using the carrot, then the stick is all that's left. And and I think that that's, that's not that's very a, good. You know, and that's what's scary about communism is if someone if you think someone's not pulling their weight, eventually the stick has to come out. Well, mm-hmm. uh, you it, know, at this time frame, it has to get violent. The stick was all they had. I mean, the fact is they dispensed beatings to these people, and they weren't even slaves. I mean, yeah. they just, <laughs> you just dispensed beatings to the people that worked for you. It was a matter of course to beat your employees. So it sounds yeah. to me, Mark. I mean, like everybody, can you imagine somebody who worked with E? at that time frame? <laughs> uh, so it's it sounds to me mark like this supposed historian that the new york times is quoting here shill. either has not read what william bradford himself has said or is just totally covering for uh, for communism here i because, guess because the the quotes 
the quotes in this uh, this piece here make it very clear before they switched to individual ownership of property these people were lazy the women and children didn't want to work people were complaining there were other problems there's another quote that i had here uh where uh, well i can't pull it up right now but essentially you know pointing out that people were very mean to one another very nasty toward one another and you know pointing fingers at who's doing what and then all of a sudden everything changed everything changed as soon as they switched the system Women and children going out into the field and working, everyone becoming industrious. All hands, he said, uh, became industrious after they uh, they switched the it's incentives. Pretty pro- powerful comment, I'd say. I can't imagine that the New York Times has much more to say on this. What else? Well, they they, they do go on. Uh, remember. They they're still you know writing as though what you've said hasn't been yeah. said. The real reason agric- uh, the, it me. seems to rely on ignorance, like they're yes. just counting totally on you to does. not go and read it directly for yourself. Which have, what seems to be the case with a lot of history taught in schools too is yeah. is they teach you an overview and everything. They they cite specific things for you to read, but they don't really count on you to actually going to the source itself and reading, say, articles from the time and and things that were actually written at the time. You know, they want to they want to paraphrase all of it. Now, this one I wasn't as uh, clear on, um, a Jamestown. I-, I was pretty sure that the story was about the Massachusetts Bay Colony. Um, as for Jamestown, there was famine, but historians dispute the characterization of the colony as a collective society. I'd like to point out that I live here in New England, and I can um, – now, obviously not in the particular area where the colonists came from, but, you know, an area that's kind of overgrown from what used to be a farm area, uh, you know, uh, New Hampshire used to be mostly farms, and now it's mostly forest. And I can only imagine what it was like to land here and then try to make a living for yourself when there's trees all over the place. You can't plant corn and trees. 1-800-259-9231. You take control. Uh, We'll continue the ignorance uh, from the New York Times here in a moment. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. We're here live throughout the weekend as we normally are at freetalklive.com. You can join us on our uh, website and enjoy all the features there, uh, including our listening options, broadband and dial-up streams, airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live around the clock. Uh, And we've also got our webcam. Uh, You've got also the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen into our streams that way. In addition, we've got a satellite channel and over 80 wonderful radio affiliates on the AM and FM band across the country. So head on over to listen.freetalklive.com to get details on all of that and get yourself tuned in. By the way, a lot of archives are available right up there at the top of the page at freetalklive.com. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just download as many as you want, all the way back to as late as 2006 when you click into the archive section. All of it free and courtesy of HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates, free domain transfer, free file transfers, free database transfers, free script transfers. 
Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. Use that web porthole that we have created for you, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. You get your first month completely free, HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right. 800-259-9231 is the number. We're digging into the New York Times piece, which is just full of basically speculation to cover for the truth, which is... uh, This is a lie. I'm sorry, Ian. I mean, speculation... Well, he speculated as to the... They've got this historian in this article... He's a historian... Hold on, Ian. ...who is saying that, well, the reason... uh, Well, the reason I would say that they uh, had the Thanksgiving was because, uh, well, they wouldn't have had a Thanksgiving if they didn't have a great crop or something like that. He he doesn't even know that their crops were were terrible uh, back then, according to William Bradford of the Jamestown Colony. Richard Pick a historian of early America and the deputy director of Plymouth Plantation, a museum devoted to keeping the Pilgrim story alive. Oh, so he should know then. Right. I thought they just pulled up some historian. And I was like, oh well, blah blah blah. Okay, I didn't realize that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, 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 you know, maybe I didn't. Maybe you weren't paying as uh, close attention during that. But that guy just. I mean, <laughs> this guy should know. He's. Uh, they found a shill. Yeah. And that's all he is. This is a Democrat newspaper or a liberal newspaper found a liberal shill in, oh, my God, Massachusetts, um, to able to to shill for uh, communism or socialism. That's all. This is a lie. I mean, that's the best I can come up with. All right. Let's continue. All right. Um, excuse me. Because we've to... already proven he he just doesn't even he's, – he's lying, as you're pointing out. I think you're right. He probably is lying. Uh, I, I normally try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I mark. understand. But, and, I mean, you, you also – you can't, uh, you know, prance the world like Pollyanna. Um, it just doesn't, yeah. doesn't work. I mean, we read the quotes from William Bradford, the governor of the Jamestown Colony, and he makes it clear that people were lazy and shiftless and they were, uh, you know, they were attacking one another and they were mean and they were nasty and they hated – the system and then they changed it and to individual ownership. Some were starving ownership. to death. Yeah, and they changed it to individual ownership of uh, property and then all of a sudden everybody got to work and everybody was very productive. Yeah, and you'll notice there's very few quotes from uh, from William Bradford in this. So anyway, as, uh, ja- as for Jamestown, there was famine, but historians dispute the characterization of the colony as a collectivist Again, colony. that vague historians without yes. a quote. <laughs> right. Okay, go on. Sorry. So now here, Karen uh, Oldar Kupperman, a historian at the New York University and author of Jamestown of the Jamestown Project, said to call it socialism is wildly inaccurate. It was a contracted company and everybody worked for the company. I mean, is Halliburton a socialist scheme? Now, I don't know what the you know, I don't know whether the um, th- these people were stakeholders as they were in the Massachusetts Bay Colony. This isn't stated. But Ask, uh, see if everyone at Halliburton from CEO down to the lowest worker all gets the exact same share of all the profits that Halliburton makes. I doubt that. <laughs> I doubt that it was uh, set up in that way, even for any of them. Can you imagine the governor having the same amount of shares as, uh, you know, the guy out plowing his field? I mean, that doesn't well, publicly. That, well, I, I don't would, know. He would pu- if he was smart. He'd publicly be having the same amount of shares, but no. then quietly would be taking more for himself. Ian, this is the time of lords and uh, earls and dukes. Nobody had that expectation at all. Oh, really? I mean, that I mean, you beat your employees because you could. Yeah. People, that's well, how people motivated. The statement is is fairly. I mean, from the socialist perspective, it's an accurate statement in that it's you know it's not socialism. It's socialism is normally imposed upon people, and these people did uh, join into this voluntarily. It is a socialistic, co- more collectivist. I think is a better accurate, more accurate term here, and they couldn't deny its collective ownership. But that's not what they're trying to deny. They're just trying to to nit 
nitpick on one particular word. Right, here they're nitpicking on the, the whole thing out. As a result, nitpicking on the term socialism as to what it is, and it's probably not state ownership of the means of production. But I think you could make an argument for that anyway. However, I'm of the opinion that any government is socialist. Um, I don't care whether I don't care what form of government it is. It owns the means of production. If you are able to tax someone, you either own the thing upon which they tax, or you're uh, taxing their wages, which means you own their labor. Right. Well, ownership which, if, is control. If and, you own all yeah. the land and you own all the labor, then you own the means of production. So anyway, widespread deaths resulted mostly from malaria. Three uh, tree ring studies suggest that the settlement was plagued by drought. But the biggest problem, Professor Kupperman said, was the lack of planning. The Virginia settlers came to the New World thinking that they could find gold or a route to the Pacific Ocean via the Chesapeake Bay and made a quick buck by uh, setting up a trading station like the others were establishing in the, uh, were establishing in the East I believe Indies. all that. That yeah, makes sense. It was wishful thinking. By the way, on this show, we never addressed the Jamestown Project, as I recall. We only talked about the Massachusetts Bay Project. So it was just wishful thinking. Wait, failed- no, Jamestown was the governor, William, William Bradford. No, Jamestown was the southern one in Virginia. This was William Bradford was over the one in Plymouth. Oh, really? The Plymouth. Okay, Bay, couple apologies. It was wishful thinking, a failure to recognize that these things are really, really difficult. And I'll agree with that. I don't think, I, I can hardly imagine what it's like to show up on the shores of New England. This is in Virginia, and I couldn't, I couldn't speak to that as well. But when you're talking about forest all over the place, it's not like you come to cornfields. You know, you've got to plant the cornfields, and mm-hmm. to plant cornfields, you have to have some area where trees aren't. Yeah. And if the trees are there... I could hardly imagine what it's like to try to get, um, you know, these things cleared Good without digging through those roots. Yeah, could you imagine trying to dig up roots with what oxen? Yeah, <laughs> pulling trunks, pulling pulling out tree roots is a, a stump a, a, a day. difficult task. Yeah, yeah, a stump a day would be an amazing thing. And I can't imagine comes. how you would do it. What? And then winter comes at yeah. some point. And then and then you have to plow that. And I, I can't. I just don't have any idea how they managed to pull it off. I I'm one guy with a chainsaw and all the uh, modern amenities. Even a, with a wood splitter, I don't have one, but I borrowed a friend's in the past. I, I you know it's it's a it's heck of enough for me to split enough wood to put up for winter. And I can hardly imagine what it's like for these yeah, people. I, I so it's really, for, really difficult. For my confusion, I've been saying that Bradford was with, in Jamestown like this whole time and wasn't corrected. So go ahead. I'm sorry about that. The Tea Party's take on Thanksgiving may have its roots in the Cold War. Samuel Elliott Morrison, the admiral and historian who edited Bradford's Of Plymouth Plantation, titled the chapter about Bradford ending the common course, Indian Conspiracy, Communism, and Georges. I don't know what that means. Gorges? I don't know. But what, what is what's that? Not Georgist, as in the political framework. No, I don't. Okay. I can hardly okay. imagine that was much. Yeah, later. yeah, you're right. Of course. But it is important to note that he was uh, writing in 1952 amid great American suspicion of the Soviets. The challenges of the Cold War and dealing with Russia are reflected in the text. Mr. Pickering said, likewise. Cleon uh, Skousen, the author of Making America textbook, was a anti-communist crusaders in the 1960s. His term for Jamestown was not socialism, but secular communism. I think that's a better term. Uh, I don't know about Jamestown, but it's certainly, for me, it works for the Plymouth uh, Plantation. So what's going on today is a tradition of conservative thought about the early community structure, Mr. Pickering said. This is the fellow from the Plymouth Plantation mm-hmm. organization. Um, William Hoagland, the author of Inventing American History, agreed across the political spectrum there's a tendency to grab hold of some historical incident, yoke it into a current agenda. Um, he said it doesn't always mean that there's no connection, but often uh, things are um, uh, but often things are presented 
as historical first rather than as part of the agenda first. And indeed, many can play this game. Professor Kupperman, for instance, said the Jamestown story reminded her mostly of the Iraq War. Um, it was kind of uh-huh. like the idea that the Iraqis would greet us with flowers, she said. So, What's that supposed to mean? Well, I guess that the Indians weren't happy with them. You know, in some Can't ways. Blame them. Oh my God, the Indians! <laughs> I mean, they were—they really got the bad end of the stick. The east, uh, eastern coastal Indians just—you know—it just was terrible dealing with the settlers. Mm-hmm. Basically, they were looking for any opportunity to uh, go after the Indians and kill them and slaughter them so they could take their land. But you know, agreed, both sides can make up stories. But you know, if look you, at the government history textbooks. I mean, it's all totally that's uh, the whole embellished. stated purpose of history if you ask some history teacher or history professor well why should we study history what's the answer to learn from mistakes to avoid the stakes mistakes of the past so if the claim is that you can't take history and transpose it on uh, ideas and incidences from today it nullifies and negates the whole purpose of history 1-800-259-9231 desperate that's the SACL cai toll-free line well in government school which is run by the government for the purpose of promoting the government, that's what history is about. It's not about learning from mistakes of the past. It's about educating young people in America as to why government is great and why we uh, need government. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is next. Your thoughts are welcome. Bring up anything. Free talk. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Live. You can bring up whatever you want here as we launch into the third hour of the program. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Delbert. And Mark. We forgot to mention that uh, Delbert has uh, his own blog at anarchyinyourhead.com. Although uh, it's usually used for, uh, mostly used for the purposes of uh, cartooning. But you can see a couple hundred at least of his liberty-oriented cartoons over at anarchyinyourhead.com. And Delbert, you'd mentioned to me off the air earlier tonight that you were planning on writing up a blog post, uh, something about the mini-statists? Uh, well, the term I've been using, that I, I, don't, I don't own the term. I didn't come up with it, by the way. I, I'm trying to remember who, who did. But a lot of people Wes. who... Uh, that's probably it. Yeah. So a lot of people who describe themselves as believing in just a minimal state, like the minimal amount of government, just to take, just protect, protecting life, liberty, and property, right? Frequently, That's all they should do. They, they, they frequently refer been to called minarchists. Minarchists, right? Because someone who's against statism is, is, is often is sometimes referred to as an anarchist. Mm-hmm. So someone who wants a minimal uh, archy or, or, or set of archons, I guess you could call it. Rulers. Was, it would be, yeah. uh, they call themselves minarchists. 
But I'm thinking, well, if you want a minimal state, the proper term would be mini statist. Mm-hmm. It makes but more sense. But they get very upset if you call them a, a mini statist, <laughs> which is interesting to me because I've kind of, I've, you know, I said, well, like, I think this term makes more sense than minarchist. It certainly is know? more clear. And, uh, and I've had people like, like insult me for saying, well, if you're going to insult me, then I'm going to insult you back and because they call don't you wanna... a big fat poopy head or well, something, you know. That's because and... <laughs> they don't want to be thought of. They don't want to have to think of themselves as a statist. Is that what's insulting to them? Right. Well, I guess. Well, but but why is my my thought? Because it's an accurate expression. Absolutely, you're like, advocating a, statism. You know, I can't. They didn't. Call, I can't, I'm trying to remember what I was. In, uh, the, the returning insult uh, was just something arbitrary, like, oh, well, you're a ignoramus or something like that and of course it was just an arbitrary meaningless thing as mm-hmm. opposed to the term i'm using which is actually an accurate description it's like right. you know the more painful insult is when you know it's true right mm. if you yep. <laughs> if you call someone something and it's actually true and then and they're getting upset about that then well then they're getting upset about it because it's true Whereas opposed to you know you call me some arbitrary uh insult because then it then it doesn't mean anything yeah. right you weren't trying to hurt their feelings. You're just trying. Well, like, what calling you ignorant is to you know it's kind of like an attack on you. But just saying somebody's a statist is it's an not as but it's a mini statist. It's not as bad as a full on statist. That's right? true. It's, it's true. Just min- it's you're just bad. minimally a statist. We you're can not- get along better than a, than a full on <laughs> statist. Okay, so I got something to say. <laughs> um, it, 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 the mini statists in the crowd. You know, people people often like to use this terminology for me. But I have found a position, and I I think that rather than entrenching our ourselves and positions and showing where we disagree or agree mm-hmm. or disagree that it's better to find uh, positions that we can agree on because it I creates uh, fewer problems. Yeah, and what I would say is to your mini statist, if you want to use this term, is, well, if I live in your little republic that you want to create. Can I opt out what, of... What, am I, what is it I want to create? You're talking to the mini-statist. Oh, you're talking, about, you're, you're talking to a mini-statist. And I was talking to the mini-statist, and okay. I would say, now, if I live in your little republic and you know, just happen to get caught up there in your, in your, well, your Tea Party revolution, and uh, you know, I end up in this, do I have the option of opting out of your inefficient government agencies that you set up and setting up my own? Do can I can you know can I choose not to pay for a school? Say, uh, well, do you want I, me to speak for them? Are we role playing? I well, I don't know what the, these people play, would please. necessarily say. I, 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 presumably, if, they would say no. You can't opt out because if, that's well, that's, I, that's what you presume. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's true because most mini statists we're talking well, about. Well, then they're not. I, I would say they're not a mini statist. They say right. they can opt out. That's the question that drives to the root of it, Dale, and that's the point I'm trying to well, make. Well, that's fine. I love questions driving to the root and discussions about where people really stand and everything. But for someone who flat out says yes, I am. I believe that we need to have a monopoly enforced government on people to do things. As long and as they say that them, that's what they are, then then I'm just using a term that I think is more accurate than calling them a minarchist. I think if I think if you ask them that question, if they have the option to secede, uh, opt out, use these terminologies. If I if I can work independent of say your school organization, your cop organization, or whatever, mm. can I can I question. choose not to pay for it and get none of the services? Like you, the cops can sure, stop at my property line. If if I can do that, then they're not in fact. And a contract with an alternate one, yeah, and they're not going to violently oppose that one, an, an alternate government, right? Um, in it, the same region. So if you can talk to them in that fashion, because these people are really just more 
uh, incremental than anyone else. I, I know, having come from that area. So I, maybe I'm a borderline voluntarist if I think don't if I think that I can. Uh, well, I don't think of you succeed. as a mini statist myself. Right. I'm just telling you that um, this these are drawing lines in the sand and saying, "Oh, you're over there, and I'm over here. Goodbye." And I don't um, remember and the last time I talked to a mini statist. I, I don't. I I really don't try to draw lines in the sand and stuff like that. I just I just I, I, you know literally was just coming down to. I, no, I do believe in. I think in in getting to. I think I do think it, it helps to address where you have inconsistencies in your philosophy or if you're experiencing cognitive dissonance and maybe you should feel cognitive dissonance because you don't really feel at ease with what you claim to believe or maybe you haven't co- fully explored that what you're what you're advocating and things like that. I'm all for you know getting people to think about that. I don't know that that what, works. But, okay, Dale, if I may ask, or Dale Burt, rather, what uh, what prompted this discussion? I mean, what what brought you around to thinking about mini-statism? Oh, I, I think I heard someone brought up the term, and uh, and it actually um, just made sense, you know? Yeah, but that's they're, been they're, around for several months. I remember somebody mentioned that uh, earlier this year, the uh, the mini-statist uh, terminology. So that's, that's what I was curious about. In fact, uh, the other thing that was going on today, of course, is uh, Black Friday. And, uh, Dale, you'd mentioned something about... Uh, you you were investigating what the term actually meant. Is my understanding Black Friday means the the day where retailers are supposedly put into the black? Did you find something alternative? That's that? uh, that's seems to be what it came down to. Was it had to do with a a business? It was a business term for being in the black, which seems because unbelievable. Because yeah, I don't believe it. <laughs> how would you, you really? You expect me to believe you've gone for eleven full months and you haven't turned a profit? I mean, I suppose that's possible. I have heard, actually, some pretty compelling uh, data that that most of that, – that, in fact, a lot of places do the bulk of their business just during the Christmas season. Now, not, not necessarily on Black Friday specifically. Right, but, but that's the beginning you know, of this. But it's season. a sign of, of what's to come. From what I they do a lot of predictions, uh, a lot of economic predictions based on sales on Black Friday, right? Yep, that's true. Total and sale. there's you know, certainly things were looking good today. Uh, stores were packed full of people and uh, you know there was the usual pushing and shoving and madness. We love pushing and shoving uh, on Free Talk Live. Associated. No, uh, actually, I like peace. Uh, but it certainly is interesting to watch people jump in over a, a DVD player or something like that, and uh, you know, clash with one another over a ten dollars discount. Well, I remember I, I looked in. There was a there was a laptop that was going to be on sale for two hundred dollars at Walmart. Mm-hmm. Of course, there was going to be a limited number and all that. From but five I, to but eleven this morning. Yeah, I'm ignorant of Black Friday, so I've never done Black Friday. I've really? always stayed home. It's kind of fun, like to do it once. It's kind of fun to go really? out just to experience uh, what, what it's I've like. I've heard that. I've heard people who do it like they they. It's a it's a bit of a rush. It's a it's they get it they get it caught up in the excitement. I imagine that's exactly why most people do it. Yeah, and and they love it. And so I'm like, yeah. well, that's great if you can have fun with it. To me, it just seems incredibly stressful. Yeah, like I'd standing in lines, parking issues crowds uh, fighting over things and and not getting what you want and stuff like that and so i i didn't know i, I was pretty ignorant of this and i so i i, and I was looking at ads and i'm like oh wow this is actually i am actually in the market for a laptop and like market mm-hmm. and, you know walmart has a real crappy like e i forget what they call e machine laptop or something uh crappy being you know uh judgment call i you guess get what but, you pay for for 200 bucks well right? but yeah. if you but if you want get on the internet and do basic stuff with you know just Absolutely. stuff you want to do i already have a powerful desktop that's quite powerful and you know uh just something for that and and i was thinking yeah it actually suits my needs and you know it'll probably be better than my four-year-old laptop mm-hmm. that i paid quite a lot more for late, a long time ago and so and so i was like yeah i'm, I'm, I'm i think i'm interested in a 200 dollars laptop so i go to walmart yesterday to to you know how does this how does this go exactly like there's 
you know, do you know? And I was trying to find out more stats on it because there wasn't that much listed on it. I said, do you know any more stats on it? And they wouldn't, they didn't know much, but they told me some something about what the process would be like. And they said that they actually stay open all night now. They open, they're open all night. They just don't close as on Thanksgiving evening. They were open on Thanksgiving no at Walmart, and they don't close and through Black Friday. Oh, so okay. they used to open their doors at, at 5 a.m. Right. And people would be in line the night before to get in. Yes, like, they would. The, so they might and, as well not freeze. And, uh, so what they did is they're just letting people come on in, and they have what they've done is they distributed all the, uh, I forget what the term for these items is. Loss these, leaders. Uh, loss leaders? Yeah, because they sell General them. In, the idea okay. is they sell them at a loss to get you through the door so you buy more stuff. Okay. Well, they, they, they these are distributed around, and you get in line for the item you want, and you uh, starting at midnight. And she said, if you don't get here at midnight, you're probably not going to get it. And they only put, they only let as many people in line as they have the item for. So now you don't oh, stand wow. in line knowing you're not, without knowing you're going to get it. That's very sharp on their part. Yeah. Although I guess some people are upset. I saw a headline about how people are upset at Walmart for false advertising because in their flyer it said those deals were from 5 a.m. to to 11 in the morning. We'll come back with more on Black Friday in moments. Parents of America, beware! The nefarious brigands known as Yerkish are now offering a free download of their so-called music at yerkish.com slash FTL. That's Y-E-R-K-I-S-H dot com slash FTL. Be warned. Exposure to this addictive, mind-altering rock and roll has been shown to cause frustration, damnation, even sexual deviance. So fathers, lock up your daughters, mothers, cover your sons' ears, and do whatever it takes to keep them away from yerkish.com slash FTL. This is Free Talk Live, the Black Friday edition of the show. We're here live. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever you want. Maybe you've got a Black Friday story you want to relate. Uh, perhaps you work in retail and you're experiencing Black Friday from that side. Or maybe you were a customer this morning and you saw something interesting or experienced something that you want to share. 800-259-9231. Uh, that is the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find that there's a lot of stuff there and we give it all away to you, including the bulletin board system get interactive with other listeners over at bbs.freetalklive.com if you've ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney jurisdictionary.com is the course for you it will teach you how to use the uh, the system how to motion the court how to uh, do discovery all the things that you need to do within the legal system without any of the hocus pocus that uh, so many of the uh, these legal courses have out there um, and it's it's designed to protect you against, well, other lawyers. Buy a lawyer. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and it's so easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. Once you get it, you won't want to just spend a single weekend on it. You'll want to review it every time. It's Jurisdictionary.com. So I've done Black Friday once, uh, but it was down in Florida. I'd imagine it was a lot less. It's a lot less fun to do Black Friday when it's not, uh, or when it is rather freezing cold outside, as it would be here, say in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, as people wait in lines outside of uh, Best Buy and Walmart and Target and these major not retailers. Walmart. Not Walmart, as you were dis- uh, right. discussing, they actually opened up uh, all night long and let people in. And, and uh, you can tell me a little more about what they were doing. But the, the way it typically goes is people will line up. I remember at uh, down in Sarasota at Best Buy, the line went around the building. It was so long. And, you know, right, right at the front door, all the way down the front of the building and around the side of the building. Jeez. Uh, then I was at Circuit City, I think, and just the, what, when they existed, and the line was very lengthy. Some people had been out there all night. People will, in some in some cases, camp out 
uh, out in front of the the stores. Like they'll they'll turn it into an entire affair. They'll try to be the first person in line. They'll get there the day prior yep. and uh, basically stand in line uh, all night long. It's amazing. I mean, really, it's it's quite the spectacle to uh, to behold, and and mostly people are pretty friendly. At least, in my experience, when I was there, people were were pretty friendly and uh, enjoying each other's company, even though they were total strangers, they didn't know one another. They were all going through the same experience, right? And you know how uh, people do that for uh, movies too. Stand in line, yeah. Stand in line, like you know, from midnight on, yeah. and things like that. You'll it's see like it that to the extreme. But I, I had a friend who just thought a lark, just thought it was funny for the first Jackass movie that came out. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she and her friend went and uh, stood in front of the, th- you know, camped out in front of the theater uh, from midnight uh, the night before that they were able to see it or whatever and got their tickets. They were the only ones there, and there were plenty of tickets. You know, the only time, the only experience I can, the only experience I can relate to this, and this is going to reveal how much of a nerd I I can be at times. And we're well, okay, all I'm just a nerd, but I uh, I got into the the beta for World of Warcraft. Right, <laughs> this is where you had to have an invite or whatever. It was like yeah. clo- it was closed beta, but uh, um, you had to have an invite. And I got into the closed beta for World of Warcraft, and and it was like before the game actually came out. You got to, you know people got to play for play for a couple of weeks in sure. the closed beta. Try to and find bugs. When the first World of Warcraft game was coming out, a friend of mine talked me into going down where there's going to be this big event. They were going to have like news people there, and all the stuff was supposed to be going on, and 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 they were going to um. Uh, they were de- like they were opening at midnight at this one store in in, uh, in the LA area to sell it to sell the you game. The people in the beta didn't the get day, a free version. The day of the re- no, Jeez. what was it? Um, yeah, this was it, it, this wasn't this was like the the one of the later forms of beta because my friend had been playing it's in like it for a, a long time. Delta. You know, the main thing you get to play the game and know all the stuff about it before everyone else even gets the gotcha. game. So, uh, but. So um and then and you get to play it for free during that time but but we were so we're going to buy this game it was going to open it was like the release date of the of the game and mm-hmm. and so uh they were going to start selling it at midnight right so all these people were in line starting sure. at like nine o'clock and even after we we waited in line for a couple hours and the line spiraled around the building several times oh wow. my god and it was a thick line it wasn't like a line it was one person Incredible. deep I mean one person wide oh it was spiraling around the store and after midnight came you know they start selling it you know selling it selling it selling it and and supposedly someone had checked like yes they're gonna have enough copies you know because oh, we were wondering we we're beginning to wonder sure and uh at least to the point where we were in line and people were still piling in behind us. And um, and uh, the line was just not moving very fast even after midnight came. And it was it was becoming readily apparent that we were going to be there for at least several more hours before mm-hmm. we got to the front of the line, even though it was already moving. And so and I was just like, no, this was this sounded fun when we were going to, you know, maybe get yeah. in at midnight. And Got get no it. interest in this. You know, um, it'd be fun if you could dress up like your favorite barbarian or something. Oh, people like were that. doing that. Yeah. You know? People were dressed like World of Warcraft characters and, and Torrens, which are like cow people and stuff. You know, and that that's fun when you get to show off your costume and and are you know for the girls when they dress up in their little leather bikinis. There wouldn't be girls there. <laughs> What's that? Not oh, very yeah, many girls. I would there, imagine there were girls. Ready for World there were Warcraft, some, but yeah, there not were a lot. Girls. Not not too many. Yeah. Like ten percent. It was yeah. not. It was a smaller portion of the crowd that yeah. was girls. Like nine to ten. I would. But that is changing rapidly. There's actually. There were, I, I read a good article on Cracked, of course, about how there there are a lot of myths about online people and and games and things like that. And there are in fact a lot more women than people think. Then you are, might realize, yeah, mm. that are actually, um, the, you know, playing char- the characters and stuff, and a lot of them aren't that. revealing themselves as women because of the way they get treated if no, they I do. Bet. I bet. So, 
All right. How so, do they get treated if they 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 do? Uh, people hitting on them, I would imagine. Well, there's that, but there's also some con- a lot of condescension and and just mis- there's incredible mis- just misogyny. sexism and misogyny. Well, once you take away people's world. responsibility for their actions, which the internet's really good about doing, um, exactly. Then, then they'll the, the, you know the the worst of them comes out. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So again, Black Friday. What were your experiences? Uh, some shoppers say their Walmart flyer advertised stores in Massachusetts would open at midnight. This, according to WHDH in Boston, uh, people started lining up outside locations some as early as eight p.m. on Thursday. They became furious when it was announced the stores wouldn't actually open until four a.m. on Friday. One shopper says, security told us they were going to open at 12 o'clock, and now they're opening at 4. Here we're sitting in the pouring rain. They were very upset, thought they were opening at 4 o'clock. I'll tell you, these, these situations mm. really lend themselves to mob now, mentality. See, I, I misunderstood. I thought you were saying people were upset because they thought the sale, because they were advertising the sale started at 5 a.m., but in fact they were letting people in at noon to get in line. That's what I, I, mean, I presumed I, that. I was told. I was told at the store. Oh, okay. I, that, based I was on what told. you said, I presumed that because I hadn't read, all I'd read at that point was the headline on that she, story. The, the lady at the store told me, she says, you won't get that $200 laptop. Uh, you might, you, you know, probably decent chance of getting it if you show up at midnight mm-hmm. and get immediately in line for that because then the main thing was that, that that forced people to pick the item. You know, you couldn't just you rush in and try one. to get several. Yeah. You had to pick the item you wanted to stand in line for. And so she said, if you get here at midnight, you have a good chance of getting it. But if you don't get here at midnight, then you're not going to get it. Oh, what did Best Buy wait do? Wait for Best five Buy, hours. So. Best Buy did something similar to that. Passed uh, out numbers? Yeah, they came tickets. out and they actually gave out, like, checks, oh, essentially. Oh, Everybody go home. A little ticket. <laughs> yeah, would, it would essentially say, all right, well, we've got this many PlayStation 3s, That's so you can have one, you can have one, you can have one. And then that, that reduces the madness of yeah. the, the door opening. Sure, and, sure. And the, the top story over at Drudge Report right now has video of people literally <laughs> squeezing through a door, just this throng of people trying to come through the front door at Target so scary. And, and crushing, literally <laughs> wow. crushing one another yeah. uh, to some no extent. Point, no point. Well, it's and crazy. the nice thing about Walmart that we had, we mentioned quickly because we we're going to the break, was that they, they were counting how many people could be in line based on how many they actually had the item for. So you wouldn't stand yeah. in line for five hours unless if you, you couldn't get unless it. Unless it was there for yeah, you. Yeah, it's very yeah. smart. Very cool. Uh, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line that certainly beats having everybody in an arena throwing the Blu-ray player out in the middle and watching everyone pile on each other uh, to try to get their hands on it, which that stuff happens. I mean, they don't have the arena, but that's, that's how it is sometimes. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80-plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is free, con- uh, free control. No, it's Free Talk Live, <laughs> uh, where you can be in control, and it is the Black Friday edition, meaning that, well, it's Black Friday, we're here live. I don't know how many, how many talk shows, Mark, you, you listen to the conservative talk radio sometimes, how many talk shows actually are on today? How could I answer that question? I, I would have to listen sometimes. to all the shows. Yeah, to but know you, how sometimes many are on. you listen. I did not listen to any uh, talk shows. I, now that oh, I have, uh, okay. now that I've gotten a, a, a MP3 player, I listen to mostly uh, b- podcasts now. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I've just uh, you know changed my listening habits. I do <laughs> listen to some, but 
you know, I don't have the same reasons to, but I still wouldn't have been able to listen to all and therefore wouldn't be able to answer that question. I suspect maybe some of them have guest hosts. Probably fill in, in host, yeah. So if that would be live, but it wouldn't be the actual host. We are here uh, to take your phone calls about whatever you want. You can take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. Also, don't forget, if you've got a smartphone, you can visit m.freetalklive.com to get quick access to our streams and podcast uh, that's m.freetalklive.com and we're going to do a giveaway coming up here tonight the totasack two pack going to be given to you at some point here in the remainder of this hour but mark we need to tell you what the totasack is first what is the, that the totasack's the one trip wonder it's a uh, it's a uh, the original green thing it's a recycled hook i guess that you kind of carry with carry grocery bags with you can carry them from the grocery store out to your car that way you don't have to take the cart back to the corral you can carry them from the car into the house. That way, you don't have to make multiple trips. You can carry them, carry bags out to the the boat or or wherever. It's a tote sack. I have mine, and I love them. I hate it when I don't have them on me uh, when I'm going into the grocery store. It makes me really upset. Go check it out. Take a look at it because I think it's best described that way. Um, T o t a s a k dot u s. That's totasack dot u s. And, um, you know, check it out. You can get a family pack there. They're, they're relatively inexpensive for the family pack. You really want several of these. That way you can put them in all the other cars, mm-hmm. have them in the house, that kind of thing. Two of them simply isn't enough. No. Total I lost to- one of mine, so yeah. I'm in trouble. I've only got one. But I still use it. <laughs> it's, it's they're great. great. <laughs> I think it's – oftentimes we'll find that it's easier for me to carry more bags in one hand than it is for me to carry – to equalize them between two Toto Sacks. How do you feel? Uh, I don't know, Mark. You're I, I just load them up. Yeah, you're I just load up. Arms and stuff. <laughs> I load up as many bags as I can possibly get away with. Totasack.us. We'll give you the two-pack here in a little bit. You can see exactly what it's like. Would have come in handy if you were out at Black Friday today, uh, loading up shopping carts full of stuff, uh, gifts and things like that. Of course, uh, maybe you did the right thing and went to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and stayed away from the stores because it can be an absolute madhouse out there. And if you've got any uh, any recounts, uh, stories you want to recount uh, to us, perhaps you work in retail or that, that's usually the best way to come across uh, a story about Black Friday. Because if you just if you're just showing up in the morning uh five in the morning four in the morning whatever time these stores are opening you're standing in line usually it's pretty uneventful people are getting along fairly well they're usually fairly respectful of one another uh, they're they're really the only uh, occasionally there's these the exceptions and it's the exceptions that make the news so you know there are headlines about this uh, throng of people that are trying to push through the front door at target one place and then uh, the mall food court placed on a lockdown after a fight uh, reports of gunshots i don't know if that those are true or not but uh police called after thousands rushed the toys r us uh, women busted after a gun threat at the even toy after store. In this year in the toys r us i don't even know what the big thing is i don't know either mark that's a good question what is the big toy this year because normally there is that big toy i mean having worked in retail i, I worked about four years at uh, the big kmart down in sarasota florida which was uh, subsequently put out of business by walmart that moved in down the street but uh i remember when it was tickle me elmo one year that's that was the really one that big. sticks in my memory tickle me elmo and the people got so uh some people someone actually got one just so they could run over it with a bulldozer <laughs> to, to to protest how ridiculous the whole notion of it was yeah and then Cambridge there was Patch kids was another big one that was from back in the 80s um yeah. and then uh, tamagotchi was a big one when i was in retail what is that? that was well that just shows you i mean how temporary some of these things are they, they that come was and the go. electronic pet right correct yeah, where you essentially, instead of having a real pet that can actually love you, uh, you would get your kid the Tamagotchi. 
and they would have an electronic little device that they could put on a keychain, for instance, and then essentially it would beep at you or something when it was hungry, and then you would feed it digital food uh, by pressing a button of some sort. And I it guess, was just busy work. Yeah. It was like you just had to like tend to this. It was like it was like all the bad parts of having a pet without any of the good parts, right. like the cuddliness and the pet loving you, and 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 this, you know that unconditional love from a pet. No, it was yeah. just the busy work parts. It was like feeding it and petting it was just pressing a button and stuff too, right? Yeah, oh, it needs affection yeah. now. Let's right. press the affection button. <laughs> there we go. But they didn't, next, they'll have Tamagotchi sex. You're like, oh, here, I'm having sex but, now by pressing this button. Okay. There's got to be a, uh, a Facebook app for that. There absolutely does. So, uh, yeah, that's essentially what it was, Mark. And, and parents were crazy over that uh, in that particular year. And those are the only two that I really recall. Well, it's probably great for parents who didn't have to smell litter boxes or feed their pet, feed the pet for their that's kid or something. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, right. So if you and it a, could die. Right. The pet so could die a, if you neglected it, right? That's true. Could you re, re, reincarnate it? Of course. I, uh, yeah. You you did it start the, over? Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like... <laughs> I wondered. I always wondered that with, no whether you could restart that you can, it. can't play a second time? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I just uh, looked up uh, for Amazon.com. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Yeah, the best toys to 2010. I've got uh, Hot Wheels, Tub Racers playset, You Create Music, Ratatat. Cat, whatever that is, it's all meaningless. To yeah, me, none, none of this, uh, <laughs> Melissa, you're the parent here. We you are the old people now. Do you realize that? Like we used to know what was hot because we were like no. young, and now no, we're that's old. Not no, uh, and it's not because I was young. It's because I was working in retail. Oh. I mean, if I were working at a department store, Part I would of it. know what the hot toy is because that's what yeah. all the parents were coming in looking for. Right, and the other thing, well, it, either that or if you're if you're watching broadcast television which i don't do anymore True, the news will sometimes That's the other thing I, I am so much out of the loop for a lot of things because i'm not watching broadcast television anymore i get exactly what i want to see online mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the news will sometimes report on crazes like that uh, like what, what we're talking about here melissa and doug um those are you know, these wooden puzzle pieces which uh, are very popular these days they're named after People? Yeah, I think that probably uh, a couple, Melissa and I see. Uh, a couple of uh, Democrat voting, uh, Birkenstock wearing, uh, organic food eating folks came up with these wooden toys called Melissa and Doug's, and they uh, they have d- different types, and, mm. and they're very popular amongst the greeny crowd. So this is Jack what's selling several. on Amazon right now? Is what yeah, you're several Legos. Those are very good. Uh, here's some WWE. Oh, those are expensive. They, they, well, they, but they're great. You can use them over and over That's again. That's true. They're Legos great, are great. Great, great toy. Um, WWE, and it looks like Kane's on here. The, the, the Halo character, which I can't imagine that's much fun. I'd rather play the video game. Uh, amazing to me is the Star Wars Imperial At-At. Uh, this hmm. is the toy that I had when I was a kid. It's back, huh? It's back uh, with the same articulation. It's actually, it looks like the same mold. Um, you know, they did that with the Transformers. They uh, yeah. The Generation 1 Transformers, they actually brought it back. They found some of the old die cast molds in the factory. I guess they haven't found them all, or maybe they just haven't released that they found them all. Uh, but they found this, the old die cast molds and they literally redid uh for you know another batch of the generation one transformers and they sell them at a premium and it's funny too i've, I've got a few of them because i was a big fan uh i've got a few of them. they actually say adult collectible toy on the front wow this is not even me being yeah. marketed towards children because the kids these days don't wouldn't even they haven't seen the shows they don't you yeah. know they don't have the same marketing value to kids mm-hmm. but now they have the nostalgic value to older Right, Kids. those of us who are Generation X are now old enough to spend more money on Transformers than we could when we were kids. I've right? got a better one. Um, this list here is from besttoyguide.com, oh, okay. and it's pretty awesome. Uh, the, the Xbox Connect, I guess. Oh, is- I've heard about that. Is that that's, that's the thing that people are freaking out about because 
uh, Microsoft has announced that they there's some sort of a camera in it or a sensor mm-hmm. of some sort. I don't know. I haven't done. It has to see how research. you're moving. I guess. Yeah, I haven't done research on exactly what it is, but they claim that, uh, or I, so I've heard. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but the claim is that they can identify like what clothes people are wearing, so they can market things to them. Like the people that are sitting in your living room oh, playing with wow. the Xbox <laughs> can be like seen by Microsoft and cataloged. I've seen go. this toy, this video game toy, where there's the it, it it comes with some stuff, and and there's a there's a pet. It's, I guess it's like the Tamagotchi, but it's a video game pet where where you have a cam a webcam type thing that 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 looks at you, and you have a a little a card, and it recognizes the patterns on the card so that it can create a three dimensional projection where that card is and everything, and you can interact with your pet by looking on the screen and watching it do things as you're moving your hand around and. Doing all kinds of stuff. We'll come back with more. If you want to add into the conversation, especially if you've been actually out and about in the retail world today, your experiences with Black Friday would be welcome at 800-259-9231. More of the uh, the hot toys, Mark. We've got some more coming up in a moment. And uh, you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you take control of the airwaves. Even in the remaining moments of the show, there's enough time for your thoughts. Make them now, though, at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Still to come, the two-pack of the Tota Sack. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll give you the numbers that you need for those at that time. Uh, again, 800-259-9231. That's a call-in number to get on the air here uh, in the remaining moments. Don't forget to visit us at freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can uh, become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as $3 per month. It is not a lot that uh, that we ask, and it makes a big difference because when a bunch of people pool together the three bucks, uh, when we pull that together, we can take that and reinvest it, and it essentially becomes the marketing budget for Free Talk Live to help get Free Talk Live and more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So please take a moment, go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up, and get access to perks like the Amp Only Call In Lines, the Amp Only Forum podcast, and more. Uh, that's amp.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the hot uh, Christmas gifts that are b- being given this year. And here's a great one. If you uh, have somebody who loves to read, they're a liberty lover or you'd like them to be, <laughs> it's Progress. It's a novel written by Charles Stample. It's, uh, it's written f- for the first time, a novel showing how liberty can realistically triumph. And if you're tired about reading about the loss of liberty, Progress is for you. I've read the book. I think it's awesome. I think it gives great little uh, short some in some cases one line explanations about the ideas of liberty things uh, sound bites things that people could really chew on and uh, and take with them remember what you've said it's charles stample the 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 novel's called progress and you can get it at amazon.freetalklive.com you can search for charles stample it's s t a m p u l and progress and you'll find it there you could just use the uh, banner at freetalklive.com it's on the right hand side of the page progress in big uh, bold letters all right, so yeah, Amazon.freetalklive.com, of course, is the uh, the smart way to go about doing your shopping for the holiday season because you don't have to leave the house. 
but if you did leave the house and you did go uh, to the Black Friday sales today, or maybe you worked at a Black Friday sale, that's really the best way to get the experience is to be on the retail side and to experience multiple customers and to see how they're behaving uh, toward one another. Let's go to the phones and see what you think. And then, Mark, you'll tell us another a few of the hot toys this particular year. Uh, let's talk to Jennifer listening in Charleston to WVTS. Hey, Jennifer. Hi, how are you guys doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I am actually driving home this very minute from having been shopping since actually 9 o'clock last night. Holy moly. (laughs) Oh, Drinking those espresso shots from Starbucks or what? Yeah, well, um, I just, I don't know, I'm... If I kind of fade out, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little bit out of it. So were you were you riding an adrenaline rush from all the excitement of shopping? A little bit. Um, <laughs> yes. Last night. Well, this is the thing. I've gone for the past seven years with my sisters and my sisters-in-law, and we you know look at the papers all the day before and make a whole plan and um, we have everything arranged. But this year, Toys R Us opened at 10 o'clock the night before, Mm -hmm. and usually they open around 3 or 4 in the morning. And so we just had to adjust our plans. And um, But then I ended up going to Target, actually, to get the television that was on sale. And I was there at 11.30 at night, and the stores didn't open until 4. And there were already, like, 100 people in front of me, and there were people camping out. And um, as the and yesterday at about noon, it was probably about seventy degrees here in mm-hmm. West Virginia. And um, at about two o'clock in the morning, it started to snow. Oh my! Wow! <laughs> so it was a very miserable five hours. <laughs> did you get outside. the TV? I did. Oh, yes. All right. <laughs> awesome. How did they but handle? It, how did they handle that? Because the video I saw of a, of a target was just people pushing through the door. Uh, did they do any kind of ticketing system or anything unusual, or was it just let them in and let them run? Well, actually, I was very thankful because I've been to both where they just kind of open it and everybody tries like a mob just to get through. Mm-hmm. And um, but today, thankfully, they had it roped off, and so at a certain point, you could not get in. They only opened one door. And they had police there um, who, you know, would were, would not let people in unless they were behind the ropes and in the line. But there were people who were holding a place for their friend or whatever. And so sometimes there, were, there was a group in front of me that started out with about two people. And by the end, there were 20 extra people in front of me. <laughs> and the crowd was yelling. And every time somebody came up, people were swearing. And, you know, it, it, I was a little bit nervous a couple times. But nobody... Once you got in, everybody just started running. So, <laughs> good lord! Well, like any good, like any good uh, commander, you had a battle plan because uh, you know, yeah, you'd laid all this stuff out and you achieved your goal. What yes, was the deal? May so, I ask what uh, what the deal was that you were out for? What was the TV? It is a forty inch um, LCD high definition television for two hundred and ninety eight dollars. <laughs> wow, that's cheap. <laughs> that's a great deal. Fantastic. Yeah. So, what else did you observe today? Anything else uh, you want to share? Um, just, it, I, I don't know why I do it every year. It's some kind of an addiction, I guess. I don't know. It's just like that. Also, 
Yeah, and I've been going all day long. Maybe I've saved like five hundred dollars, but yeah. I just don't know if it's worth it. You that's know, a good day. Hey, look, you can't go out and make five hundred dollars a day. Well, likely that's not the, your your profession anyway. Um, it's uh-huh. it's unlikely you're making five hundred dollars in a day. And uh, right, you know, saving five hundred bucks, you get your. I, I think it could be worth it if you yeah. enjoy it. You should do it. I think they said. I think I heard. Yeah. I can't remember what the exact number was, but that Bill Gates, like, if he there were, if there were a ten thousand dollar bill sitting on the sidewalk. It's not worth uh-huh. his time to lean over and pick it up. <laughs> but yeah, but for most money. people, $500 in a day is pretty good. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but, and, and but do you have fun? It, is it, or is it actually a stressful, like, freak you out kind of thing? Because a lot of people, oh. I've met people who absolutely just, and get, they, get, they love it. They get, they get excited. They have fun. And it's like they look forward to it. Actually, I end up miserable every oh. single time. And I always say I'm never going to do this again. But it's the, <laughs> it's the lure of, you know, such a great deal. That's a real and, life addiction. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it could be making you miserable, and you keep doing it. You, I mean, it could yeah. be worse. You could be addicted to crack. So I mean, this, <laughs> that's true. I don't well, you yeah. could be addicted to something. That you you can take crack every day of the year, but you can only get this yeah. addiction once a year. Right? Yeah, that's true. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, if, if, hey, and Jennifer, the more you, the more you spend, the more you save. So you have to like keep going to all the yep. stores. To would get you everything. say? Would you say that you spent more this year than you did last year, or about on par? Do you have a budget before you go into this? I mean, how does that work for well, you? Well. It usually just depends on what's going on and what the big deal is. I have a daughter who's going to be eight on New Year's Day, actually. And so she's passed the toys. So it's actually a little bit more expensive this year because she's more into the video games and she wants a DVD player in the car and Mm. things like that. And so this was probably the most expensive one. But my brother-in-law backed up into my car a couple months ago. So I just didn't have my car fixed, and I used the money to buy all the stuff today. So. Jennifer, <laughs> Jennifer, thanks for calling with the story. We don't get enough of the uh, Black Friday experiences, and thank you for the the, uh, the call tonight. And get, get, so, get home safe and sleep well tonight. Sounds like she's been up yeah. for 24 hours. Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, 800-259-9231. I love hearing people's Black Friday stories, and we hardly ever get That was a good call. Yeah. Uh, let me uh, rattle these off real quick, uh, some of the big... No, uh, oh, wait, no, Frank just dropped. Frank was going to talk oh, about sh- uh, Japanese toys or something like that, but uh, anyway, go ahead. So the, uh, the Nerf Instrike Stampede ECS Blaster. This hell is that? a giant Nerf bullet shooting bazooka thing. Oh, I it's, thought it was like crazy. a toy taser or something. It's crazy. You uh, know, I never liked Nerfs when I was a kid because the, the Nerf shooting thing, you always have to go and pick them up. Yeah, that's... Like, it, it, this one appears to have a very large clip. Like with the, a water gun, you just yeah. have to reload the tube. I think there's advantages to water yeah. guns. The Singamajigs, which look like uh, cool little toys. Apparently they, they sing for you if you squeeze them or something like that. There's <laughs> several uh, uh, of those kind of learning toys, which are probably Yeah, what's that for, crap? Yeah, well, yeah. Now, the one that I like the best here is the I- I- Imaginex Bigfoot Monster, remote control monster. Uh, you can have your own. That sounds awesome. Now, that's fire? exactly the kind of thing that would have had me getting all excited about yeah. Christmas as a kid. It's remote control. He walks along, <laughs> lifts his arm. Fire breathing? So. Does Bigfoot breathe fire? Oh, I didn't hear if it was Bigfoot. I thought it was a monster. No, they, I think they do have a dinosaur one that's like it, though, and yeah. I doubt that has fire either. Fisher-Price Dancing uh, Star Mickey, which is probably pretty cool. Um, pillow Pets. I've seen these advertised on the, uh, the, the station that Jack watches, and they're just kind of soft pillows that are also stuffed animals at the same time. A little SpyNet video watch, which uh, makes me very happy that they have video watches uh, among the top ones here. Halo Reach, whatever that is. Something called the Squinkles. I don't know. They look like Smurfs or something. And um, Zoobles. 
I don't know. But the number, are they ranked in order of... Uh, no, these are just fanaticism. They're, no. they're not sure. I don't think there is one this year. I mean, okay. there's not a big one that I know of. And Maybe there hasn't. Maybe there hasn't maybe, been a big one for years. Big one. Maybe, maybe the big one thing went out in the late 90s. I don't know. Stinky the garbage truck appears to be remote control. <laughs> uh, it's kind of fun. Parents would know, right? I mean, if there are parents out there with kids that are in that certain range, uh, you guys would know what the, the hot toys are. What is What are they? And you can tell us that tomorrow night because we're going to be back for the Saturday edition at that time. Right now, we're going to give you a two-pack of the Tota Sack. That'll make a good stocking stuffer. It, well, you're going to want to keep those for yourself and then buy a family pack and then stock some uh, stuff, stuff some stockings with that. Uh, you can go to totasack.us to learn more about the Totasack. But if you call in right now, we'll give you the uh, the Totasack, and a random caller will be awarded the Totasack. So uh, dial in at 603-435-1105. That's 603-435-1105, and we'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklot.com. Welcome to Living Healthy Naturally. With information and advice on how to improve your health and wellness with natural remedies and nutritional healing. Here's renowned naturopathic doctor and certified nutritionist, Dr. Lindsay Duncan. Losing weight and then maintaining a healthy weight is an American obsession and one that I deal with constantly when I help my clients. The road to weight loss always needs to include exercise and a healthy diet. And one of the factors in a poor diet that people often overlook for weight loss is that a diet that lacks nutrients actually increases hunger. Getting more fiber in your diet is beneficial since fiber makes you feel full sooner and longer. Because it can be difficult to make sure you get all of your nutrients and fiber in your daily diet, Genesis Today has created a great tasting juice with the acai berry, which naturally contains fiber and protein. It also contains nutrients like a thousand percent of the daily value of vitamin B12, which helps your body convert carbohydrates into energy. Acai berry juice tastes fantastic and it's packed with a healthy combination of nutrients and fiber to help you maintain a healthy body weight. Drink a glass of delicious acai berry juice to help maintain your fit figure every day. To learn more about living healthy, naturally, and acai berry juice, please visit genesistoday.com. Acai berry juice is available in the refrigerated section next to the OJ at all Walmart, Sam's Club, and Super Target locations.